Good morning, you bunch of drunks. So we are. Um, so we're just on Facebook, okay? Uh, so we're going to try to uh, pop on the stream. So if you're trying to listen on the stream, the word is that the stream isn't working, and we're getting the Facebook uh, up. So the Facebook is up, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yep. Uh, so we'll we'll get the um, the stream back on at some point, and working. And uh, get it going on for those of you who depend on the stream. And for those of you who don't, then good. 
Welcome. Good morning from the Discovery Design Studios, and we appreciate you as always here at Radio Free Almond. And Mark Kaysen's going to be in about 8 o'clock, and we're going to fight with him because um, he's, I, I think he's conflating, I, I think he's insinuating somehow that Sarah Huckabee Sanders is trying to get some kind of boycott against this Red Hen restaurant that refused to serve her. I I applaud the restaurant for exercising its freedom. And uh, I think that all restaurants should be able to exercise their freedom, don't you? I agree. I agree. Yeah. And the tweet that she put out afterwards was uh, they, it, it wasn't insightful or unfortunately, anything. Unfortunately, that's not the case with a lot of places, though. Uh, because I guess if you're, let's say, a baker who doesn't want to make a cake for a gay couple, then you get closed down. Or if you're, if you're, or if you're a pizza maker and you're just simply asked a question about whether or not you're actually going to give, make a pizza for a wedding uh, reception, which of course I've <laughs> not heard of many wedding receptions that are basically catered by a pizza place, but I know some of them are. But it was a hypothetical put up to an Indiana restaurant, and that Indiana restaurant was told that uh, they were basically run out, basically shut down. So I'm all for freedom, but freedom only seems to be okay if you're on the left. Then, then everybody trumpets the the lovely free world that we live in. I, I, and and if you don't want to serve, and I, I, I say, great. I mean, uh, I say the next restaurant that doesn't like Maxine Waters ought to tell her to go take a hike. See how that works. Right? Yeah. To ha- right. Have Next exactly. time Maxine Waters sits at a lunch counter that uh, is inhabited or made by a, a restaurant that happens to be run by a conservative or whatever, uh, now I guess he can tell her to go pell-mell. Right? Yep. I mean, I think, I think, I mean, because it's all about politics, right? So if you can, if you can get somebody out of your restaurant because of politics, then certainly you ought to go for it, knock yourself out, and do it. Uh, I, I, I'm glad. Let's have a. I'd like to actually get to a point where we have a contest this week, and we call on all conservative restaurants owned by conservative people to kick people out who are liberal. And all liberal restaurants owned by liberals to kick people out who are conservative, and we'll see which restaurant remains standing. Mm-hmm. I think I think that'd be that'd be good. I think if, I think we could have a a rule, and the restaurants can just kick people out and willy nilly. But but again, I'm all for I'm all for the freedom. I I, I say that if the, if this restaurant doesn't want to serve Sarah Huckabee Sanders, then knock yourself out. The owner, uh, by the way, or is our stream up then or? Okay, streams up and uh, we're we're there. So welcome to the show. If all of you are just tuning in now to the stream from the Discovery Design Studios and uh, Radio Free Almond, so welcome if you're just catching up. Uh, what we were saying earlier was uh, more power to the Red Hen, the Red Hen restaurant there in Lexington, Virginia, and that's about 200 miles from the White House. It's one of these farm to table places. I noticed though that. Uh, Interestingly enough, that the Red Hen restaurant, it looks like some of it has been hacked on the web because it has where the menu place is right underneath it. If you go to Red Hen Lexington, Virginia on Yahoo search and it comes up that the menu section right underneath it, it says 
erectile dysfunction or ED is the inability to achieve or dot, dot, dot. That's right under the menu portion. Do you see that? No. No. Do I it. <laughs> is it right there? Right. If go, go to, go, well, go to whatever. I'm, I think if you go to any search, but this one is the Yahoo search, and somebody's messing with them. <laughs> so, so, you know, that, you know they, had, they had redhenlexington.com, redhenlex.com, the Red Hen restaurant. Then they have all the features of it. Then they have all these usual, like they have the blog, our partners, reviews, New York Post, reservations. And then right underneath menu, it says erectile dysfunction or ED is the inability to achieve or blank, blank, blank. So somebody's messing with them. Mm -hmm. So the red hen is interesting because it has, it's the farm to table. looks like they have actually a pretty darn good menu, to tell you the truth. I've never eaten there. Uh, they have well. It's all uh, they get all their ingredients. And this is kind of the, this is kind of the end thing now is to have the farm to table restaurants. Okay. And uh, this is the this is the you know it's they have them here too, mm-hmm. and they're good. I mean, they're, they're people who are using the local greeneries, local veggies, hand picked veggies from the farmers in the area. You know, and it's it's a really great way to eat. It's kind of it can be a little pricey sometimes. And, you know, if you're into kind of the fakey fake food, you know, the mm-hmm. iceberg lettuce type of stuff, you're not going to probably enjoy it. But they have the the smoked salmon grebeach, which is, I guess, uh, they, they use flying fox farm duck eggs, coriander, cucumber, and radish. So apparently those are on uh, on top of the smoked salmon. So you're getting a duck egg on top of the smoked salmon, which is... You know, that's what your thing is, a duck egg. Mm. They have the classic steak tartare, which is Buffalo Creek beef, Palmer's Prairie quail egg, and house baguette. So they like the, they like to take eggs from things, from birds. I didn't know the menu was like that at all. They have a, well, I, yeah, because the red hen sounds like one of these. It's, it, it, it's like you've seen... I think you've seen uh, restaurants like that when you're traveling. It's like the That's, red hand. It's like, you know, it's like all this grits and, you know, anything butter is is there. But but this is more of the farm. So I, so Sarah Huckabee Sanders is eating at this place. It sounds like it's a lot of work. But uh, for $9, you can get the Buffalo Creek beef, the, the prairie quail eggs. So what they do is I'm sure they mix it up into there. It's usually like a... Steak tartare is is just a ball of ground meat, raw, raw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like I I sometimes will get the uh, the shaved the kind of the, the thinly shaved. I can't remember what it's called. All of a sudden, a beef a dish, and it's uh, it's pretty pretty good. But this would be just like a but it's it, it's held together by a quail egg. That's, <laughs> that's the binding agent. Yeah, binding agent. Right. Then you can get just cheese and crackers if you want to. And then you can get for the entrees, they have uh, uh, Trout Grenoble, which is uh, Stonehouse Farm Swiss chard and Miss Hayes' heirloom tomatoes. Miss Hayes will give you her tomatoes. So they're taking from the quail, they're, they're robbing the quail eggs, from t- taking those from the quail, eggs from the duck, and, and they're making Mrs. Hayes hand over her heirloom potatoes, tomatoes. For this this event, let's see. They have uh, the pan seared pork chop. Uh, of course, the uh, Ooh, braised good. leg of lamb, which is Shenandoah Lamb Company lamb. 
steak and potatoes, and so they have the brownies. So you know, you get you get the drift. They're just kind of grabbing meat from farms yeah, and all that vegan, kind of thing. That's your vegan hangout. It's the red hen. Yeah. And then they have let's see, they have the uh, they have the creative. They all that they're they're kind of they're, you can tell they just do their. They have been documentaries done on them, and it's just kind of a small town little little place. And the owner here's here you want to hear the owner talk? Yeah, it's, it's the you know, what's going on? Is this not working here? I'm trying to get my sound in here. Is this not happening? Let me see. Hang on, hang on, hang on, people. There we go. Okay, here. So uh, this is how it all works. It's 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 a really tiny little place. It looks like a like a little. I mean, it's like a little box. The Red Hen. Just watching video of the Red Hen right now. There's a hen outside of it. And you know what color the hen is? Red. Red. Sweet. It's right there at Randolph in Washington. And the owner. Just watch. Let's see. Uh, let's see. They have a little sign in the window that says, "Love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend." Well, they don't really, they don't really mean that, do they? No, no. This is your typical liberal lie. You know, we want peace and love, except when we hate you. Then we don't want that. We want we want bipartisanship. You have to be by. Don't be a divider. Be a uniter. Except when we disagree with you. Uh, love. Yeah, this is so funny. This thing is in the window. They just put that in there because uh, they certainly don't live this way. Love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend, and so mm. they basically transformed a friend into an enemy right there at the Red Hand. If you mm-hmm. ask me. Yep. A patron, at least. Well, Sarah Huckabee, if you're <laughs> yeah. a patron, you're a friend. Right. Hmm. God, what a bunch of liberal left-wing drivel. Did you see the picture of the family that owns it with the with the pink hats on? There's a picture generating around here that it's got the family that owns it, and they're, they're wearing the pink hats you love so much. The, oh. the Shep Smith special that you love so well, much. Well, they should be more dedicated to their brand and, and wear red hats mm-hmm. with hens on them, mm. you know. Yeah, what else do they have on the, on this thing? They have the. Uh, I mean, it looks like a quaint enough little place. I mean, it's it's not you know, little hill. It's tiny. It attracted Sarah Huckabee Sanders' attention. Maybe she went there on purpose. There can't be there can't be more than six tables in this place. I haven't seen the inside. Love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. They just they don't live that at all. So anyway, Stephanie Wilkinson, here's the story, was at home Friday evening, nearly 200 miles from the White House, when the choice presented itself. Now, this is like a romantically written story about how one restaurant owner stood up against another human being. Her phone rang about 8 p.m. It was the chef at the Red Hen, the tiny farm-to-table restaurant she owned just off Main Street. Sarah Huckabee Sanders had just walked in and sat down, the chef informed her. He said, the staff is a little concerned. What should we do? Now, if you're a restaurant owner and you're, you're a decent human being and you are living a normal life and you're trying to make money that still employs your people, what do you think your answer is? Why did you call me, serve her, 
and tell her to invite all of her friends if she likes it. Yep. She had but like instead, seven, seven people with her or something. Yeah. But it said it seemed unlikely to her that the President Trump's press secretary should be dining in a 26-seat restaurant in rural Virginia. But then it was unlikely that her entire staff would have misidentified Sanders. As she made the short – so she, now she's driving – now the owner's driving to the Red Hen okay. at this point because it's such an emergency. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she has like – is she driving in her uh, Red Hen mobile? <laughs> Blowing lights. Yeah. She's got her volunteer fire department light <laughs> right. kit up on top. <laughs> right. I got to get to my restaurant. Sarah Huckabee Sanders is daring to spend money at my restaurant. She knew Lexington, population 7,000, had voted overwhelmingly against Trump. She knew the community was deeply divided over such issues as Confederate flags. She knew, she said, that a restaurant and its half dozen servers and cooks had managed to stay in business for 10 years by keeping politics off the menu. Okay, so this is the people who brag about transforming enemies into friends and also brag about keeping politics off the menu. They're about to put politics on the menu and they're about to turn a friend into an enemy. So that's all you need to know about the double standard and hypocrisy of the left. And she knew she believed. By the way, I'm reading this. This is the this is the drama we're getting from the Associated Press. And she knew. She believed that Sarah Huckabee Sanders worked in the service of an inhumane and unethical administration, that she publicly defended the president's cruelest policies. You mean the ones that Obama instilled, too? Yeah, those. And that she could not stand. I'm not a huge fan of confrontation, she said. So already we have three lies being told by the red hen. One, that they transform enemies into friends. Two, that they keep politics off the menu. And three, that they're not huge friends of confrontation. All three in one story is the red hen ethos the, the, as liars. I have a business and I want the business to thrive. This means like the moment in our democracy when people have to make uncomfortable actions and decisions to uphold their morals. Wow. A business is upholding its morals and is being heralded by the news media. Wow, that's amazing because I don't know. The last business I saw upholding its morals, a case went all the way to the Supreme Court and they were nearly bankrupted. The last time I saw somebody upholding their morals, I think. But anyway. She said, here, sorry, I'm, I got I got a little, too bad they didn't have a gun, they didn't have a gun, um, too bad they didn't have a gun ad right before the Red Hen story like they normally do on Breitbart or whatever. So anyway, uh, she said, I said, I'd like to ask you to leave when she went up to Sarah after making this groundbreaking Crazy decision. This this is the person who says she doesn't like confrontation, who wants to keep politics off the menu, and who wants to turn enemies into friends. That's in that's actually in their window. Okay. Sanders' response was immediate. That's fine. I'll go. Sanders went back to the table, picked up her things, and walked out. The others at the table, though, were welcome to stay. Oh, I didn't hear that. No. Oh. But they didn't. 
So they cleared away the cheese plates and glasses, and the owner says they offered to pay, and she said, no, it's on the house. So, you know, at the end of the shift, staff members left the usual overnight note in the kitchen for the morning manager, a problem with the credit card machine, restock vodka, tequila, and um, if you ever heard the term 86 someone, it comes from the restaurant industry. It's a code to refuse service, and it said 86 Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I just stunned that you just said that they they serve vodka in the red hen. Yeah, it's vodka that's squeezed out of a vodka goat. With the near from the nearest farm, you've okay. never heard of a Straight vodka from goat. The farm to the table. Some goats instead of milk, they have vodka. You got to spot them. Uh, but sometimes they're, they're but they're in. They're, sometimes they they you got to find the vodka goat. But it's comes. This, 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 this is farm to table, Phil. This is the weirdest restaurant menu I've ever heard of. Well, they get, well, it's not unusual. I mean, there are, there are probably ten of them within like three miles of us right, right. now, where it's the farm to table okay. thing. But they go to the farm. But yeah, they serve vodka, but it's only farm raised vodka. Okay. And tequila. You've had the. They, they've, well, this is a tequila pig that runs around. And they run around and squeeze the tequila pig, and that's where they get their tequila from from Mrs. Johnson's farm in nearby Wellsville, where she has a tequila pig at Mrs. Johnson's farm. And they had the and they had the vodka, of course, too. So anyway, I listen. More power to them. Good job. I mean, listen. If you if this is what you're gonna do, and and you want to, uh, but it's so funny how. Any other restaurant, if this were, if you were kicking out Maxine Waters or Bill Clinton, you would be the devil incarnate. And and I love how these people stand up for the rights of a restaurant owner to take a stand and to go ahead and 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 exercise their morals. And they're made heroes when it's someone they hate, and devils when it's someone they love and we've seen this happen time and time again this story is a is a classic case of left-wing hypocrisy and we're seeing it all over the joint that's what we're dealing with right now your facebook comments are welcome to uh fill you on facebook now so we'll yes, take some sir, facebook comments we'll do a couple things here we'll come back Check this out. Did you know that Maxine Waters, speaking of her, is a superhero? That's right. The BET Awards has, has basically claimed and, 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 and given her the status of a superhero. We'll follow up on that. Mark is going to be in. Jimmy Carafano is going to be in in just a little bit. We have Time Magazine. Apparently, they get a chance to walk away from their deceptive magazine cover and yet they continue to go ahead and defend it. It's amazing. This world is such an easy one to live in when you are a liberal. You can just basically say anything, tell any lie, kick anybody out of every any restaurant you want to, and everything's going to be hunky-dory. And even if you're lucky, you'll get an award from the BET people. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem.
was walking down the street the other day, trying to distract myself, but then I see your face. Oh wait, that's someone else. I was trying to play it coy, trying to make it disappear. But just like the Battle of Troy, there's nothing subtle here. In my room, there's a king-sized space, bigger than it used to be. If you want, you can rent that place. Call me in a minute. Even if it's in my dreams. Hey, everybody. Good morning this morning, and welcome to the Discovery Design Studios. And, yeah, this is Radio Free Almond. So what happened to the Facebook Live? Selena Gomez got us. Oh, did they? Yeah. Darn it. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. Great song, though. I think it was worth it. I think so. I mean, it, it's, uh, it was definitely worth the, worth, worth the shutdown there. Somebody needs a tequila goat. Oh, you need a vodka goat. You guys are funny. 
Hey, man, listen, if you're going to go out and smoke a bone, man, you got to time this right. Smoke? Seriously. Uh, yeah, we got knocked off Facebook because of uh, the Selena Gomez. We, you, sometimes you get knocked off, sometimes you don't. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of odd, but sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But, yeah, I love all the comments because people want a uh, – somebody wants a vodka goat, man. A tequila pig. A tequila pig. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you can find them somewhere. They're, they're bred in a very special way, and so you never know. I'll wait till we're up on live on Facebook again to go ahead and regale you with the Maxine Waters bit. But we've got uh, Jimmy Carafano joining us in just a little bit, about a half hour. And then also we have the uh, Tony Minetti running for Senate. And this is the big deal coming up on Wednesday evening in Kansas City at Union Station. I am going to be on the stage there for the big Tony Minetti deal, which is going to be featuring Sarah Palin, who's going to be on the stage there. And I'm going to actually have a chance to introduce her and everything, man. It's going to be cool. It's going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. And so she's going to be up there. And again, as I told you all uh, before, that the... It's, it does not represent a an endorsement uh, of Tony Minetti. Uh, and if anybody wants me to do something for them, I'll do it. I don't care whether it's Cortland or whether it's, uh, you know, Austin Peterson or Christy Nichols or Peter Pfeiffer or anybody else for that matter. I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever you want. If you ask me, I'll do it. And if you don't, I won't. It's just that's kind of how it works. And Tony Minetti was nice enough to ask me to uh, do the event with Sarah Palin. And so I'm, I'm very excited. I also, I haven't been to Kansas city in a long time, so that's going to be a blast. Kansas city is really a great example of um, what St. Louis is not doing. And it is growing up and, and, and doing something about its crime, doing something about its features uh, and, and building up this small little, this, this little district they have down there which is pretty amazing in Kansas City, the power and light district down there. And Kansas City used to be kind of, uh, I guess you could, I wouldn't uh, disparage it, but, you know, it's kind of like was always kind of considered like a little bit of a cow town of sorts. And so, you know, it's built up. Uh, and there's, there's very little crime down there, even though Kansas City has not always been the safest place. And, you know, did you see the guy, the food truck guy died? Who I was talking about last week. Yeah, he died of his injuries. And he's run over in broad daylight on a Saturday by two people who carjacked somebody. I mean, how how much more tolerable is downtown St. Louis going to become at this point when you've got people being run over in broad daylight down there? And this isn't the cops' fault. It's the it's the fault of the city itself. Not of people down there uh, in terms of the in terms of law enforcement. They're too busy handling all the other stuff. But, yeah, he died. Yeah. It was really a shame. You know, got a mixed family of, of, I think I had eight kids or something like that. And just really, really sad. But Kansas City is a good, good example of, um, you know, putting your boots on and growing up. And St. Louis just hasn't done that. And Kansas City, I think the, I think the mayor, I think the people there are all Democrats. I, I think. I don't, I don't know. But for whatever reason here in this town, man, we just can't get it together. We just sit there and. And you've got the biggest problem for Alderman apparently now is just holding on to the 26 different wards that are in St. Louis when it should be like 14. Uh, they they have like 14 wards in St. Louis. They have 26. So they have all these different fiefdoms, all these different people running their little rackets. 
and that's that's the kind of uh, situation we find ourselves in where we have just we're not developing enough. And, you know, it's it's sad because Washington Avenue, all those places used to be the place where like you're known in Silicon Valley as a great place for a startup. But how long before you have people getting run over in the middle of the street and on a Saturday at a taste of St. Louis thing? Then they had, then they then then they had a stabbing at the Galleria over the weekend in Brentwood. Did you see that in Richmond no, Heights? No. Some guy, some at, at, a, at a shoe store. Go figure. And and somebody stabbed somebody else in the Galleria. They had to shut down like six stores. Cops all over the place. Mid afternoon, eleven thirty on a Saturday. Wow, I was just you there. know yeah wow. You were just there. Yeah, my kids and everybody. We a couple trips there this weekend. Um, Did you get some Auntie Anne's pretzels? We passed one that. We got the cookies this time. I got the cookies. Mm-hmm. Well, you're lucky you didn't get stabbed. You could have been stabbed, Phil. You were yeah. this close. Yeah, I could have been stabbed. <laughs> you know, you realize though the great thing about the stabbing at the shoe store is that now everybody at the Galleria at the, at the barbecue that night talked about how close they were to being stabbed. Yeah. And they have great stories to tell. I could have been stabbed. Mm-hmm. Then I saw the person. Then I saw the police. And I just, I had just been in that store. Mm-hmm. I just been near there. I just walked by there. I was just walking by there, sucking on my 32-ounce Orange Julius, when suddenly a man w- runs out bleeding. Yeah, well, part of the problem, too, with the Galleria, they, they ruined the Galleria even more than it was already ruined when they basically built a criminal import station right next to it, otherwise known as Metrolink. So every, every hood rat in, in the vicinity is, is hopping off of the Metrolink there and popping into the Galleria, which makes it a pleasant place on a, on a Friday evening around 5 o'clock, mm-hmm. where, which, where no one goes there. But, yeah, they just, it's right across the street. You, just, you, could, you could watch the... You can watch that. You can, all you have to. It's like watching a bunch of ants in a line. Just go right to. Just sit there at, on Brentwood Boulevard and, and watch them hop off the, hop off the Metrolink, to shop. Yeah. To shop. They were shopping. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> right. Good morning. This morning. Uh, so anyway, Time Magazine. You see, they have the. Uh, they had that cover, and, and that cover's been exhaustively covered. And you got you got the the deceptive Honduran cry girl, mom separated, false story, dad comes in, says they never were separated. And by the way, even the picture itself where they took the little girl, like, like they like cut her out and just photoshopped her out of there. So even the little girl, you can see that her mom is right next to her. I, I mean, that. it might not, that might not be her mom, but you can see the woman's holding another baby. And you can see the mom is right next to her. So you'd think, okay, if, if you wanted an accurate portrayal of a girl being separated from her mom because they're being detained or whatever, wouldn't you wait until actually the girl was separated from her mom before you took the picture? <clears throat> yeah, she was separated by Photoshop. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. She was, and you could tell she's. You could see these woman, a woman in jeans, right next to the girl in the original picture, even. And you know, and they they have, they have such hubris. They even show the original picture where you can actually just look at the original picture yep. and tell her mom's right there. But nonetheless, that's that's a Honduran girl separated from her parents. As long as the headline tells you it is, 
or the cut line or whatever is underneath there tells you it is. Yeah. So anyway, they have the um, the editor of uh, Time Magazine on there, and this is the and this is on the CNN. Uh, I don't know what they call it. Reliable sources or un- I don't know. Yeah, reliable sources. So this Time editor in chief is on there. And Brian Stetler asked him about it. And, you know, Stetler confounds me sometimes. Is it Stetler or Stelter? I don't know. <laughs> Stetler. Whatever. Whatever. You know, <laughs> should have taken you through Ellis Island and just called you Smith. <laughs> Everything would have been fine. That other that T in there is bothering me. Mm-hmm. That's what the guy said. That's what they said at Ellis Island. You think that was fun? You really need that T. You really need that T? Stellar. Yo, Wojohowitz, your name is Knight <laughs> now. Mr. Knight. Wojohowitz. <laughs> oh the Barney Miller reference. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Pazarkowitz, <laughs> your name is now Smith. That must have been not fun. But they did it anyway. That's how you get all these people sometimes who are kind of like, that. you don't really look like a Smith. I wasn't. I'm a Pazarkowitz, but <laughs> the guys at Ellis Island renamed me. <laughs> That's funny. You don't look like a, a knight. All right. So anyway, this Stetler's on there with this guy, and they're talking about it, and they still defend the magazine cover. It was revealed uh, through an interview with the child's father that the par- par- family had not been separated. There was a really strong right-wing backlash to your cover, including from the Trump administration. Did you make a mistake by having this crying girl on the cover? <laughs> Look, I-, I mean, I love all these, these, of course they made a mistake. The story isn't true. So, so the question of did you make a mistake is kind of like, uh, yeah, of course you made a mistake. But he lets him off the hook because it, it's, it's questionable as to whether it was a mistake or not. It was clearly a mistake. Scott, I, I think John Moore's photo uh, was and will remain an iconic one. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, you got to say, call it iconic. Because after all, it was your photographer who took it or somebody who took it, right? So it's got to be. This is Edward Felsenthal. Uh, we chose the photo. Who used to be Edward Felsenthalowitz. But his family came through Ellis Island. They stopped that nonsense right off the bat. Listen, we're taking the wits off your name, okay? Because this little girl became the face of this story. So she's standing there, and you see the picture. She's clearly standing by a woman who has got to be her mother. Front pages and home pages and TV screens and Facebook feeds. But maybe she shouldn't have been the face of this story if she wasn't separated from her mom. Well, you know, as John just said and has said all along none of us in the media who used the photo knew what had happened to the girl after this precise moment and i actually think part of the power of the image is that unknown this was- oh b- bull crap so what he's saying is no 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 no. this was perfect because we didn't the, the uncertainty of this girl's life was right there because uh, she was crying and so she, you could you could feel the pain of this crying girl because she didn't know what was going to be happening to her but again, we don't know whether that's why she was crying. She might have been crying because her mom dragged her 2,800 miles away from her home and daddy isn't there. Maybe she's crying because daddy isn't there. So, so can we use this 
Uh, we could have we could have used this next Father's Day. Look at this girl crying because she doesn't have a dad with her. You know how important dads are. Happy Father's right. Day. Yeah, can, can I use her? Can I cut her out and put her on a Father's Day card? A Father's Day greeting? Dads, because you like nice things. You know? And have her just crying there because he's missing her dad. <laughs> Carol House? Or how, about, or how about, you know what? Um, how about using the girl, uh, the crying girl, in an ad like for American Airlines? Next time, fly. If, you, if you're going to go 2,800 miles, it's, it's better to fly or you're going to make your kids cry. Or, or if you're like a competing bus line, trailways, just use the girl right there and say, look who took Greyhound and keep using the, the, the picture of the girl. I mean, because, again, we don't know what the, the girl is crying about. So for the news media and everybody else to decide that this is going to be like they're going to invent the story just because the girl is crying and they're going to decide this is what it's about without ever having asked her. Without ever having – finally, someone talked to the dad who said, this is baloney. You know, this is not the case. Uh, and, and so – but they continued they, – they, they figured out a way to make this into a story about uncertainty as opposed to – because I'll, I'll tell you one thing. When I saw the, the cover of Time magazine and they did that, they were pretty certain about what that, that meant because they had, they had Donald Trump hovering over her. As if she's crying at the sight of Donald Trump. I mean, this was a disaster of major journalistic proportions, and they're still defending this thing. This was a girl face, who's coming to America, has just completed one terrifying journey. Maybe that's why she's crying, as he acknowledges it's a, a terrifying journey. Maybe that's why she's crying. And, and who took her on a terrifying journey? Her mom did. Donald Trump never took her on a terrifying journey. America didn't take her on a terrifying journey. Her mom took her on a terrifying journey. So here's a guy who's the editor of Time magazine admitting America has just completed one terrifying journey. Okay, so that's okay, so now we know why she's crying. So she's not crying at all because she's been separated from her mom. Even the Time Magazine editor-in-chief is acknowledging she's crying in his mind because of a terrifying journey. And actually, we don't even know why that's why she's crying. She might be hungry. Uh, you know, so, so, so if you want to – it's not any more crass to, to, to use examples of where you can, you can uh, put the crying girl to any of your use. You could, you could put her in a McDonald's ad and say, next time, eat before you travel. Eat at McDonald's, but, you know, something ridiculous like that. It's just as ridiculous to have the news media say that's the face of separation when it's not. It's just, it'd be just as ridiculous for any other of those places I just mentioned to exploit the girl for their own, their own use. It's a terrifying and journey. Whatever its contours, whatever happens to her faces another very frightening journey as well. But by Monday of this week, we knew that she hadn't been separated from her mom. In fact, on Tuesday, you all issued a correction uh, to a web story about that. We, that's, I don't, that's, I don't believe the case. We, we did make an error, which obviously I regret and, and hate it as make, hate making errors. But that cover was just too good. Said Edward. Anytime. Sure. But we made an error on a web story early in the week, not part of the cover package. 
um, in which we uh, said that the mother had been separated, and we quickly and transparently corrected that. We didn't know, nobody using this photo knew on Monday or Tuesday that they had not been separated. Well, okay, but you didn't know that they had been separated. So, so the fact that you, did, you knew that they, did, they were not separated, you didn't know that, but you didn't know that they were separated, right? So uh, it's kind of like uh, you, didn't, you might not have known whether I threatened to sexually assault David Hogg, but I know that you also didn't know that I did. You didn't know that I did. You didn't know that I didn't, but you said that I did even though you didn't know, which is not journalism, folks. That's guessing. And also that's editorializing for the sake of editorializing. So in order to get your picture, because apparently you knew enough in your mind that it had to do with Donald Trump, because why would you put Donald Trump on your cover if you didn't know or didn't think that it was Donald Trump's fault? And the only thing Donald Trump was being blamed for was a zero tolerance policy. Because otherwise, why put Donald Trump on the cover of the magazine with the crying girl? So you, you, so you knew, uh, even though you didn't know that she had not been – I mean, this guy's speaking in like quadruple negatives here. Okay. Okay. Uh, but but right. you didn't – well, we did not know that she was not separated, not by her mother, but we not didn't know not, neither. See? Until oh, yeah, I understand now. Mm-hmm. I get it. You see, no, no, you might understand. Didn't not know that he, she was not, had not been separated from her mom, but we also did know that she did not know that she was not going to be separated from her mom. See? Oh, yeah, I get it. These guys are, are liars. They're charlatans. It's like talking to a lying teenager when you bust them and they have a million different reasons why they, did something or didn't do something or whatever. It's just like it because you all have talked to, to people like this before. Go to any go to any any prison within a, a few miles of your of yourself and and try to interview all the inmates. This is how the inmates talk about crimes they committed. Well, I don't know. I didn't know that this was not going to happen, but I didn't know this. And you see, I was this way, and I, everybody has an excuse error on a web story early in the week, not part of the cover package, um, in which we... uh, So you got to be part of the cover package, you see. What's a cover package? Well, it was a cover package, you see, and so we couldn't change the package, because if you're part of the cover package, you see, uh, it has all kinds of different things that uh, come with the package, and one of them is nothing can be wrong, so... But in the other stories, if something's like a little wrong, then we can change that. But if you're part of the cover package, you can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's that's part of the cover package. Did you read the fine print about the cover package? Cover package says we cannot be wrong under any circumstances. If we are too bad, the cover still stands. But that's how they think about this kind of stuff. Now, keep in mind, we're talking about Time magazine. Uh, do any of you still get Time Magazine? Like, is there uh, a Time Magazine sitting on your... I do. You do? It's the only thing I have a subscription to because I, <laughs> I, I, I collect comic books. And I have a really big comic book collection. I, I wanted to add this to my collection of, of Trump-era Time Magazine so that I can someday explain to, hopefully, my grandkids or something how egregious. And this this cover is a is a real winner in my collection, too, because it's a total propaganda. Yeah. 
It totally is. And and yet the the editor himself, when he's, I mean, if you walk through his entire statement here, the editor himself confirms that they didn't know that she had been separated from her mom. And he confirms that their editorial policy is if it's part of a cover package, they cannot change it, but they can change the story. Even when they find out it's an error, they they can correct the story, but they can't correct the cover or even regret the cover, apparently, because they're not even regretting. They regret the error in the story, but they don't regret the cover because as long as they can try to figure out a way to defend this idea – that that President Trump presents a menace, okay, because that's what they've changed the story to. Well, you see, no, it's about uncertainty. The president has, has said that uh, his policy creates uncertainty, and she's crying because of uncertainty, even though earlier he said she just came from a very uh, trying journey. And we, we don't know why she was crying, tell you the truth. She might have been crying because her mom was crying about something. Lost her credit card or whatever it was. I don't know. We don't know. So if you don't know, don't say you do. Said that the mother had been separated, and we quickly and transparently corrected that. We didn't know. Nobody using this photo knew on Monday or Tuesday that they had not been separated. Well, we- so, so then if we don't know they had not been separated, we can actually just simply say they were because we don't know they weren't. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the kind of logic that that is being used here by Grown people in the world of journalism, this is what you're getting. These are people with Time Magazine, the iconic Time Magazine. We knew, of course. Was Newsweek ever – like I know there was Time. Then Newsweek came out, and I have to give Newsweek props for being uh, just like Time Magazine. Like normally you'd think that it would be hard to compete, but they do compete. And I don't know – I never knew really what the difference was between the two, but – Time was like Coke and Newsweek was like Pepsi. And, 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 and they managed to actually stay in the market together, which I applaud them for. But, but if, as long as you can do it with provocative – like I don't know whether people are going to go out and buy Time magazine because of this, although you already had a subscription there. But I don't know. According to the government, they had not been separated. But by Monday, CNN reported, according to the government, they had not been separated. Now, I understand we should be skeptical of what the government's saying when it comes to the story. And to this day, we still... So here, here, Brian is saying that we need to be skeptical of what the government is saying. I don't know. Based on everything I've been able to see in this show, we need to be skeptical about what Time Magazine is saying. I don't know the status of a lot of these kids that have been separated. It's sickening. But, but I, just, I just wonder about the use of this photo and whether you all discussed whether it was the appropriate one to, to symbolize the family separation policy. We, we discussed it we, as we discuss every co- cover, and we felt that, I felt that, this photo symbolized the, this moment in America. She became the face of, of this debate, of this crisis, and juxtaposing her with the person who, in whose, uh, whose, whose, whose decisions, in, in whose hands her fate was held, uh, I thought was a, a, a powerful, important statement of, of the decisions we have to make as a country. But you didn't say that though about this particular person at the time that she was the face of this you said she'd been separated from her mom that's what you said that's why you put it in the story that's why you you said what you said because you were saying she's been separated from mom when you knew that that wasn't the truth 
You could use a variety of 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 symbols or whatever to talk about the uncertainty. Maybe you could actually use the cages that President Obama used and his administration used when it came time to uh, do the same exact thing they're doing now, except there wasn't a zero t- tolerance word attached to it, but they were doing the same thing, and they were actually using cages back then. So maybe you could say, why is this still going on in this day and age? And that, actually, that would be a really good debate to have about why this is still going on. And the reason it's still going on is because Democrats and Republicans haven't given a, an ounce of concern one way or the other about these people, and they've just continued to kick the can down the road, and that's where we're at right now. So maybe that's a better story. But instead, if you hate Donald Trump and you want to basically present this idea that Donald Trump is a mean guy and a racist and everything else, when you know for a fact, when you know for a fact that President Obama did the exact same thing, I don't know, man. We'll be back. Jimmy Carafano's on the way. Radio Free Almond from the Discovery Design Studios. Morning, everybody. Happy Monday for crying out loud. Radio Free Almond from the Discovery Design Studios. And yeah, everything's kicking, everything's going. I figured the trick, I think, is to not let the song play for the whole time because then they won't kick us off. Because they the Selena Gomez, man, they just popped us right off of there. So I figured, you know. I can't imagine this Sister Hazel police are out there watching for us. But, you know, <laughs> algorithms are algorithms. <laughs> so Hazel police. The Sister Hazel mm. Brigade. Mm. It's not bad. Hey, Sister Hazel, check this out. Radio Free Almost playing your song. Pull them off! <laughs> Go ahead and hit that button, buddy. You got it, bro. Let's see if we can get Jimmy on. Beep, beep, boop, boop. <laughs> back from India. Jim Carafano. Hello, Jimmy Carafano. This is Judge Village from New Delhi. You left your watch at the at the front desk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's horrible. How are you, man? Hey, good to be with you. What's going on? Good to be with you too, brother. And welcome back. Are you in DC now? I guess, huh? 
I, uh, let me check. Yes, I am. I, oh, I was in Miami this weekend. but Oh, uh, you were? What were you doing in Miami? It's kind of a swimming my, place. My, I have a niece who is, um, what are, I guess, bodybuilding. I guess that's what they were called. Oh, wow. She was competing. Yeah, she, she, and she took first place. We're so proud of her. That's so cool. You know, that's a, you know, it's funny because there, there are some people who kind of might make fun of that. But I have, I have my friends, uh, Ricky Hall over at Nutrition HQ, and he's got some people who work with him. And they do like they do classes where they learn how to pose. And and and, and these are people with, you know, they, they take a lot of hard work to get their bodies where they are. And so oh they actually God, take yeah. classes, you know. You would not believe what they put themselves through. Um I mean, yeah. I mean, they've, you've got to get your body weight exactly right. And you have to get rid of all the water weight so your muscles pop out. And <laughs> it's uh, wow. It's um, yeah. I mean, it's it takes an enormous amount of dedication. We're super super proud of her. So, yeah. So she got first place. So she's so she's actually now a professional. She moved into the pro category. Wow. I mean, that's and, and you, uh, go ahead. It's all on Facebook. I think it's called Muscle Mania. So okay. if you go to musclemania dot com and go to Facebook, you can yeah watch all the. All the uh, people, greasy people. <laughs> well, and sometimes, sometimes it gets a bad rap because there are people who wind up doing crazy things to get where they are. But those people really don't last very long. These are people who are like your uh, – it's your niece? Uh, yeah. Or, so okay. what, what's interesting about um, this thing is it's – everybody that competes has to be all natural. So you yeah. can't use any steroids or any kind of artificial things or you know that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even there, and and sometimes I I think I know some of them who uh, uh, do uh, her, her, uh, do things like they will take some months off, and they'll actually they'll gain a little weight, you know, they'll eat certain right. this certain that, and then they'll be able to drop it like within six weeks. Yeah, I mean, they they're just it's just I mean, just the the bad discipline is just amazing. So we're like super super proud of her Good for you, man. Um, yeah, it's awesome. I love. I mean, I I think those people, people kind of give, uh, don't give those folks enough credit for what they're what they're up to yeah. and, and how they're doing. All right, man. But, so we've got uh, we've got a couple issues that we need to talk about. Uh, what is first and foremost on your mind before I get to the one that I wanted to ask you about? Well, uh, you know, I I've been following the, the whole child border story yes. super closely. As you know, I've only been dealing with this issue for 17 years, so what do I know? <laughs> and, I mean, clearly there's something different at the border. And, and what it is is because this administration has actually done a pretty credible job of ratcheting up border security. And among others, it's really put a crimp in the, in the human traffickers who charge, you know, between five, ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 for a family to, to, for people to come across the border and who will actually kill and uh and and kidnap people who try to cross the border not going through these guys so so the security was really impacting them so there is a loophole i mean it's very complicated how we got here but between a series of laws and the ninth circuit uh ruling called the flores agreement essentially the government was what what the law what what that encouraged you to do is if somebody came across the border and claimed to be a family or a child, you essentially put them in a catch and release status. So you would uh, release them and say, okay, you have to come back for your court date. And then w- once they got a removal order, they would just disappear, right? So we were just spending all this money for nothing, right? And the the spike in activity in the last couple of months has been like three hundred percent. And the reason is because the the 
the traffickers figured out that, hey, just send them in the border, you know, as an unaccompanied minor or a family, and they'll just let them in, right? And so the administration saw this, and so they very aggressively moved to counter that by having this zero tolerance. But because of the Flores Agreement, it really required them, if they wanted to, to continue to detain the parent, that they essentially had to had to separate the child and then, you know, put them in custodial care or be with a foster family or with a relative or something, right? And that's what they were doing. And even then, the numbers of children they were actually taking in a custody as a re- were separating as a result of this was like 2,000, right? Um, and then, literally, people, you know, slammed onto this as some kind of, this is some kind of evil thing on the part of the administration, when, it, when they were really just reacting to the threat at the border, and this thing just exploded. And, and really, the whole thing, I think, was unconscionable. The whole open borders propaganda campaign. And what's what made me angry about it was not just that they lied, but that they co-opted so many honest, decent people who really care about human rights and humanity, and they got them all worked up and essentially sent them to the parapets, basically based on the lie. Wow. Yeah, that's, man, that's incredible. I mean, well, and, and plus we're seeing that this is a policy, some of these policies, you say 17 years, the, the, I think the, one of the issues, it seems to me, and it's frustrating for a lot of Americans, is that we've seen both parties just kind of kick this can down the road and not really do anything about it. And so we're here like we were even during Obama administration, although people didn't talk about the cages during Obama's administration. So it's just kind of like it seems like this is more of a another example of the abdication of some members of Congress from their duties to resolve this. You, you know, think? and I, I do, yeah. And and look, here's the problem. You know, eighty percent of us, including eighty percent of the Congress, I mean, would agree on eighty percent of the things that need to get done, right? We disagree on twenty percent. We agree on eighty percent. But what the progressives decided to do after the Bush amnesty bill fell was. They were going to not let any of the 80% get done unless their 20% got addressed. So we continue to argue about amnesty and docking and everything else, and and we tie everything else up. I, I think that's stupid. If we all agree on 80%, let's just do the 80% and then argue about the 20% later. Right. But, but Washington doesn't want to do that. So here you have this ridiculous situation where you literally have the Democrats sitting on their hands who, who perpetuated this policy while Republicans debate with themselves on how to compromise on amnesty. It's just, and of course it's going nowhere and it's all just nuts. Yeah. I, you know, and it, and then also when it comes to the, I'm, I'm looking at what Mex- going on in Mexico right now and man, this is a story that isn't told enough, but I, 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 I think I saw a tally of more than a hundred political candidates assassinated this year. I mean, this year alone in Mexico. I mean, it is crazy. Yeah. So, um, and of course, the the real problem is even further south. You know, in Central America, because right now that's where most of those um, illegal migrants are coming from, and they're dumping into Mexico. Mexico is essentially just allowing them to dump in the United States. Um, you know, the refugee thing is really a bit of a scam. First of all, because you don't like the economy of your country and because there's violence in your community doesn't mean that you're a legitimate refugee. Look, if, if violence in the community 
was all it took to be a refugee, then literally everybody in Chicago could move to Canada. Oh, right. Yeah, but so it's credible fear. It has to be a direct threat against you and your family that 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 makes you a legitimate refugee. And even if you are a legitimate refugee, you're first. To, you're you are supposed to claim refugee status in the first safe harbor, which means Mexico. If you're you know leaving, say, you know Guatemala and go and, and crossing the border to Mexico, so you don't have a you don't have an absolute right to walk to the country of your course, um, to your choice and claim refugee status here. Now, that's not to say that countries aren't allowed to take refugees. I mean, if, if somebody from Ecuador goes to Mexico and they want to come to the United States, you know, we, we allow some refugees, we can let them in, but they don't have a right to come here. And what really angers me about the left and, and the whole open borders crowd is, is what they want to do is to use this refugee excuse to basically say everybody's a refugee and and just open this up as the right to for everybody to migrate to wherever they want to. But the problem with that is is refugee status, you know, refugee is a is a very important humanitarian tool and by just kind of saying, well everybody's a refugee, what you do is you're undermining the credibility, integrity of the entire program and you're going to wind up like Europe where countries don't want anybody. Yeah. Well, if, if 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 that's the case too, and you can feel violence, I'd love for, and you don't know everything about St. Louis neighborhoods, but but people will get this when I say it. How about everybody from North St. Louis go over to Kirkwood and decide they want to live there and see how all the right. Kirkwood yeah. libs love that? Hi, we're here. Yeah. We're fleeing violence. Okay. <laughs> yes, we're just going to move into your community, take over your parks, and, and yeah, park right, here. Exactly. We're going to, and and they will have none of that. I guarantee you. Also, uh, do we are we at all concerned about? I mean, I know that Oregon uh, wins again, and how that whole thing worked out. Apparently, they, there's some allegations of ballot fraud and all that kind of stuff. But what does that matter? Does this whole thing matter right now? Oregon win. Yeah, in Turkey. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that's going to go anywhere. Um, you know, Erdogan's the legal head of the government. Um, you know, he, so here's how it works. They essentially had a parliamentary democracy where all the power was in the prime minister. He pushed through a series of constitutional reforms that put all the power in the office of the president. So actually on paper, it looks a lot more like the U.S. system, um, but he actually even has more power than the U.S. president does. Yeah. Uh, look, um, he's had some very disturbing policies. You know, we're, we'll we'll see what he does. He's got a bad human rights record. You know, we'll see what he does going forward. I mean, this administration has put some. Re- they said, "Look, we want to work with this guy. He's part of NATO." Um, but we, they put some red lines on the table, and yeah, you know, we'll just have to see if he respects them. This uh, Turkey thing, these guys, people are pretty adamant about that. Wasn't this the time when it was, it wasn't Erdogan in D.C. at one point and some, a bunch oh, yeah. of people like were beating people, people up? I was they, there. We, yeah. I was there. You were there? I, I was going, I, you know, Erdogan was having a meeting with a bunch of people from think tanks at the residence, which is just off of DuPont Circle between like DuPont and Georgetown, um, just down on Q Street. And I was uh, invited to the meeting, so I was going to the meeting. I was running a little late, and when I got there, the crowd had already showed up, and a Secret Service guy stopped me and said, no, you can't go in yet. Um, you know, we've got a security situation here. And just as I was standing there, the, like, the just this just fight just erupted. <laughs> I'm like, I was frightened of a riot. I'm like, I, I know, I, I, being the guy, I should have, like, started taking pictures and videos, but instead I just actually left. 
I, I hate I hate to laugh because I'm not really laughing about it. It's just so silly and so crazy. But apparently, uh, they did punish these guys that, who were doing the thuggery, right? So uh, I think what actually happened is is the 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 protesters were really. I mean, they were trying to pick a fight. I mean, yeah. they were taunting thing, and there was this there was this security and of these guys. They were like. You know, once the thing started, they seemed happy to just beat the living hell out of people. But I, I just thought that I, I was very disappointed in uh, the American security. I thought there should have been a lot more law enforcement there. They should have done more to keep people apart. I mean, I think both sides just played it for the politics, yeah. um, including the protesters who I think wanted a fight and wanted to get beat up. Um, having said that, I, th- I think, you know, the, the use of violence on the other side was clearly excessive. Yeah, it's but, you know like where it. was you know where was the the DC police? You know we got this. Uh, apparently, some white supremacist group just got a um, got a, a permit to uh, march at Lafayette Square or something. I don't know. Oh, that'll work um, out well. Yeah, well, you know, there's like a hundred of them or something, supposedly, yeah. but. I mean, there should be like a thousand police officers. Oh yeah, out there. I mean, it'll be. Uh, hopefully, there will be. And okay, and, and one other thing on the world stage, uh, Jim Kirifato, Uh I see that women now can drive in Saudi Arabia. Um. Yeah. So it's gonna, it's going to be very interesting. This is the prince, you know, who has started these kind of um, political forums, including women can attend soccer games and other things. Yeah. Um. You know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, um, Saudi Arabia has a young population, um, very high unemployment. They're, they're worried about the future. They can't have an economy that just exists on oil. They've got Iran to their north, which they see as a serious threat. They've, the society has been promoting radical extremism for many, many years, and, and that's actually been threatening the regime. So a lot of issues to deal with. Um, you know, we'll see how the prince does and kind of managing this social transformation. You said they had high unemployment there, huh? Yeah, um, hmm. they do actually. Um, there's just not a lot of jobs. And, and ironically, the Saudis are very, very well educated, but they're not practically educated. So a lot of them, you know, have college degrees in like theology and, and, you know, stuff that really nobody needs. Right. right, right. And so the, the ones that really can't afford to educate their children, they send them abroad, get engineering degrees and stuff like that. But, but yeah, yeah there's uh, a, um, a real lack of entrepreneurship and job creation in Saudi Arabia. So, um, so it's a real, it's a real challenge. Well, the men who are, who do drive oftentimes don't, drive very safely. I don't know whether if you've ever looked at if you did if you just kind of google Saudi drifting drifting videos these okay. guys they lo- drifting is when you're in a car and you purposely uh kind of drive sideways and these guys drive their Mercedes and everything else sideways. This I'm looking at a video right now of two guys in complete Saudi garb driving sideways and turning over and that kind of thing. And oftentimes, if you really get lucky, you'll find a video where you see them actually flying out of their cars. And, and you, so you see these white robes like flying through the air. And it's usually a Saudi guy who, who they're doing, they're, they do these drifting displays and it's highly wow. dangerous. And it's, it's, sometimes they do it on packed highways and other times they have like, uh, it's out in a desert someplace, but it usually doesn't really end up very well, well, for these guys, I wonder. 
I wonder if that's where Lawrence of Arabia picked up his motorcycle driving skills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just asking. Yeah, right. Great reference to a great movie, by the way. And to a great actor, Peter O'Toole. I know, but, and, I, and I do that with, like, no study. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. <laughs> ah, you just, it's, 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 that, it's that cultural savant that we have in Jim right. Carafano. Yeah, if, like. if you cannot get at least one movie reference in, yeah, right. in the course of a serious conversation, then no what doubt. the hell are you good for? Well, glad you had a good time in uh, India, buddy. And uh, thank you for, I, and again, what's the website for your niece's, uh, what's it called again? Muscle Mania? Uh, muscle, yeah, it's on Facebook. It's like okay. MuscleMania.com. All right. Check very cool. Yeah, very All right, cool. Man. All right, buddy. Well, listen, thanks for your time, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. All right. Good morning. Okay, Bye. see you, buddy. Uh, yeah, the the drifting, just look at the, some of the videos, <laughs> oh, and, yeah, and it's like yeah. if you want to see some flying Saudis, <laughs> and apparently, I don't know whether they wear seatbelts or don't wear seatbelts or whatever, but I, to me, it looks like women being allowed to drive in Saudi Arabia might actually improve the situation over there as, as it relates to general car safety in, in Saudi Arabia. When we come back, we are going to talk with Tony Minetti, who is, uh, yeah, he's on the way, man. And he is uh, going to be in Kansas City, and I'm going to be there too. And emceeing, because Sarah Palin's going to be in town, so Tony's going to give us a little bit of a... Uh, preview and also Mark Case is going to come in and we're going to fight with him for a little while yeah this is Radio Free Almond from the Discovery Design Studio so we'll be back in just a few
apparently they uh, don't like the uh, use of the smashing pumpkins there on Facebook either, huh? It's interesting because, first of all, Facebook, for all of its other stuff, constantly, you know they already have an in with all the musicians and everything else. And why, uh, unless, of course, you're making money off whatever you're doing, you you shouldn't be playing. You, You should be allowed to play the music. I don't know. All right, I'll stop it. Kiss my butt, people. I'm telling you. Listen to this. Did you see? Are we up again? I'm sorry. Are we up again? Almost. Okay. So we'll be back up again in just a, in just a few. I don't know. I guess I have to figure out a way not to have to. We just just need to take. Uh, I shouldn't play the music that long. Then maybe then maybe I could get away with it. How long does it take usually for them to find out I'm playing a mu- song? Uh, it was really weird because the last note of Selena Gomez is when it killed you. Oh, but then that one it was halfway through. Yeah, like, yeah. I'll just have to just have to watch that a little bit, and uh, we'll get back up on Facebook, and then we'll uh, we up. Okay, all right. We're back up on Facebook, everybody. Good morning, this morning. Good, good morning, this morning from the Discovery Design Studios and Radio Free Almond and. Yeah, here's the deal. Uh, do you see Claire McCaskill's kind of running this route now uh, about the in, uh, the trade war? So she's trying to make this out to be some real problem for Missouri. Now, there are some people who are concerned about an impending trade war, but there's no real empirical evidence that there's been any problem for Missouri farmers or people like that, and it hasn't happened yet. There have been some people who are concerned about pork prices and, you know, what have you. But again, there's no demonstrable effect yet on our farmers. But Claire McCaskill is going to make it so because she wants to go back to her. Oh, I'm just a, uh, I'm a Main Street person, not a Wall Street person. And this is how it's going to go. And so she's, she's just basically inventing a path for herself. And so she's basically scaring people into believing that the trade war is going to have problems, that, that consumers and farmers and the Missouri farmers, because now suddenly she's back to her little, oh, I'm just a, Country bumpkin running for the Senate again. It's me, Claire McCaskill, and look at my bus that's really shaped like an airplane. Even though I'm not on the bus, I'm in the airplane, but I'm, you know, Main Street Claire. And she's trying to run that rep. It's not real. Although, let's put it this way. If there is a trade war and this headline is true, then I'm more than happy to, to embrace it. Trump's trade war threatens the U.S. newspaper industry. That's good news. <laughs> And they have, they pick out a small-town newspaper, of course. Jeff Rogers has seen his industry face the collapse of print advertising, the rise of the Internet, and more. Today, his 18 employees work in a newsroom here that puts out two daily newspapers. Each publishes a few stories a day, uh, later than they were a decade ago. In fact, the Post-Dispatch is laying people off left and right. And that's not because of the trade war, by the way. There's, there hasn't been a trade war. Last week, the Post-Dispatch, I think, laid off another 5, 15 people. I, can't, I don't know the exact number, but they laid them off. And they're buying people out and everything else. That's because people aren't buying their newspapers and, and, or, or, or deciding to pay 99 cents to read about the shooting on Ren Avenue. You know, we, we just haven't – people just aren't doing that. 
last year, in one of the Trump's first administration's first actions on trade, the U.S. government imposed tariffs on Canadian lumber. A few months later, it added tariffs on Canadian uncoated groundwood paper. The result has been a jump in the cost of newsprint, the second biggest operating expense after salaries for most newspapers. Oh, well, then go and cut your own trees down then. Make your own paper for once. Too bad for you. And, and, and by the way, uh, if, if you're using this as an excuse to continue to lay people off post-dispatch, this was well before any of this happened that you decided to lay off the staff there. Or a lot of people at the post dispatch who were losing their jobs. So, anyway, I, I don't, I don't wish for the demise of of anybody's business, but the idea that the newspapers are suffering because of a trade war makes me want a trade war all the more. Because you know, compete like everybody else has to do. Why not? The I don't want to see Glenn Beck's situation go south either, but it kind of is. Uh, I've always, I've actually liked Glenn Beck personally. I deeply resented his opinions and what he did during the 2016 election. He was a horrible person and said we were all horrible people and Nazis. And I think part of his rap uh, was why people felt so comfortable to to beat people up outside of rallies and things like that. Because here's what happened is you, at one point you had liberals who hated Donald Trump, but the, but the conservatives were the ones who I think caused the most problem and put us mostly in the crosshairs of the Antifa goofballs and everybody else. And Glenn Beck was part of that. The, the disgusting kind of tone that he took, I'm talking about against Trump voters. This wasn't about just Trump. It was about, it was about Trump voters. And that's where Hillary Clinton lost her way. And there were people – and then there were people who were the Cruz supporters who it's one thing to have you know, a beef against President Trump. That was, that was fine. But unfortunately, there were a lot of Cruz supporters and, for instance, there were also a lot of people at the National Review and others who were also Cruz supporters who decided they were going to leave most of their worst kind of attacks for – the Trump supporters themselves, voters. At that point, that becomes a real problem, especially when it's coming from people that we respect and everything else. The idea that somehow you're trying to say we're not conservative enough or we're not this. I went through it all when I was over at the at 97.1 and I was supporting President Trump. I didn't know what the outcome with my listeners was going to be. I told them the truth about what I thought. I told all of you the truth about what I thought about President Trump, after seeing his initial speech and seeing his declaration speech, he's running, and I loved it. I said, you got to watch out for this guy. He was, he was saying all the right things as far as I was concerned, especially when it came to reviving our economy, which we all knew was an important thing. And so I was really impressed by him. And, of course, the minute I started opening my mouth, you could see what was happening. There were some people who were, yeah, man, you're right about this. Then there are other people who I got email after email from people saying, oh, you're not you know, conservative enough and you're not this and you're not that. And we always knew you were a liberal and blah, 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 Donald Trump this and Ted Cruz. You're not really a true conservative and blah, blah, blah. And, of course, it didn't matter because I actually uh, I was uh, number one then and I was I was I left number one. So it doesn't matter in the, in the in the morning talk field and so i didn't their opinion but, but it was hard on social media and beyond mm-hmm. and then there were some people who actually came 
through. I mean, came over. I mean, they, they basically were convinced eventually and were sensible about it. But others still hung on to it. And, 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 and Glenn Beck was one of those people. He paid – the market shook it out too. I think that was the turning point for the Blaze, and that's when the numbers – when he did split us up a little bit with some of the language. I remember this. Uh, I think the Blaze suffered, and I'm not sure they've really recovered from 16 or 17. I think that's when they started – Sort of suffering in, in 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 subscriptions, and you know he he, he pissed a lot of people off uh, by talking that way about us, you know, like it or not. But yeah, well, he did, and 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 again, it, the the mistake that they made was the same mistake that that Hillary Clinton made, and that is making it personal yeah. with with the voters. And you never want to. I mean, you never want to do that. I mean, I I I had you know that's why. Even right up to the point at which, uh, well, I, I basically really kind of got angry at Ted Cruz and his comments after the Chicago debacle, where he and Kasich both basically blamed President Trump for the violence that happened outside of Chicago and, and the rally that had to be canceled. The Daily Center one. Yeah. Daily, I remember that. Yeah. And, and, and when, well, it was, no, it was on was a it? campus someplace. Oh, okay. And, and when, and when, Ted Cruz came out and basically blamed President Trump for that. I was, I was totally off the cruise ship, but uh, not all altogether because I went down when uh, he came in to stump for Roy Blunt. I went all the way down to Springfield to do an interview with him and and have him on my show. And you know he was still in the running then, and he was still running as President Trump. And it, it, I totally, you know, I interviewed him and everything else. And and so. Um, you know that that was, but but he wasn't really in the running. I think I think at that point he had already President Trump was running. But nonetheless, Ted Cruz still came in for him, and I gave Ted Cruz all the respect in the world. You know, and and Blunt too. But I, I still can't get a phone call back from Blunt. Isn't that interesting? It's very interesting. Yeah, you guys were really a great. You know, I thought listening to him on your show was awesome. I helped him get yeah. reelected. Yeah. I mean, he he he. At one point, um, because he was so afraid of what was going on with Trump and what was happening with everything, um, he and Abby um, wanted me to meet them at the Frontenac Hilton and talk them off the ledge over the whole thing. And I did, you know, just sat there in the thing there and had drinks or whatever, and 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 helped them out. And he won't even he won't even come on my show. He won't respond to my texts or anything. How many times I've asked him, texted him, and said, "Hey, you know, want to come on the show?" Blah blah blah. Not a word from him. I wonder why that is. I can't imagine really seriously why why he wouldn't. Like, I don't know. What? He's he, he's responded to me before. I mean, usually all the time I'd be able to, but but he hasn't uh, done it. He doesn't respond to me. Be on my show. Anyway, Glenn Beck got so bad he was there with Brian Stelter. Oh, by the way, in case you didn't join us right off the top, I have to tell you, I'm so excited about the fact that businesses now, if they have morals, they can decide not to serve people. Apparently, that's the new thing now that a liberal has refused to serve somebody at their establishment. Now, apparently, it's really cool to have morals as a business owner and deny somebody service. This is in the wake of the Red Hen and Sarah Huckabee Sanders, which apparently this woman who denied her service and didn't want to serve her is a hero now. And, and, and it's weird how times have changed because I, I thought that it was bad for a business owner 
to cite their morality when they refuse to serve somebody. I, I think there's some businesses that have closed down because of that. Oh, those were conservative. Oh, yeah. Forgot. Those are conservative businesses. That's right. Anyway, this is Glenn on with uh, Brian Stelter. This didn't really go very well. Uh, they were talking about the – the, uh, oh, this is Josh Hawley. <laughs> $50,000 to Holly's campaign. Holly let Greitens get away with scandal after scandal until it started hurting his political ambitions. Josh Holly is a politician you can't trust. People do yeah. need to be more self-reflective. I do have to ask you, there's this new headline on the Daily Beast saying that your company's in trouble, that you were trying to find a buyer. Is this related to the point no. about people not talking to each other? That if you want to create that media company, there's not interest? What's, what's going on with that? Wow. Brian, thanks a lot. I think that's the most ridiculous um, question I've ever heard. I, I'm sitting here ready to talk to you about the detaining of children and parents and trying to break, break families apart, something that has been happening with Janet Reno. That's why it went to the Supreme Court in the first place. With Janet mm -hmm. Reno, it's been happening. We want to stop it, and you want to play those games? Have a nice day. Yeah. What game did I just play? So the question on the Daily Beast website, the headline says, Glenn Beck's media empire is imploding. Again, that's the headline on the Daily Beast. It is well known that Glenn has been trying to sell the blaze. There was talk about a deal with the Daily Wire. According to the Daily Beast, that fell through. You can read the full story on the Beast website. Frankly, I thought Glenn deserved a chance to address those reports. I hope he'll come back and talk about it. Yeah, I, I, I can't figure out why otherwise Glenn Beck would be on a show about reliable source about the media and not expect to talk about his medium. Because I, 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 he was there to talk about children? I, I don't know. But he walked off, so it's a little prickly. You want to call Tony Minetti? Sure. Let's do it, man. Let me get Tony. Mm -hmm. Here, I have the number for him right here, brother. All right. Brother, call him. Pick up the phone and call. You can't really pick up the phone, though. You have to use your Skype. Yeah, and coming up, though, this whole thing with Sarah Huckabee Sanders and the Red Hen. I applaud the Red Hen for kicking her out. Now let's see Maxine Waters kicked out of a conservative restaurant and see how that works out, right? Yeah. Good morning, Tony. Colonel Tony Minetti. Good morning to you. This is Jamie Allman and Phil Valencia here Good at Radio morning. Free Allman headquarters, brother. How you doing? Doing great, man. Thanks. How about you, Jamie? I'm doing fine, and I am so looking forward to heading to Kansas City. Here I come for the big Sarah Palin endorsement of Tony Minetti for the Missouri Senate on the Republican side. It's going to be down there at Union Station. I hope you guys can actually be there. It's from 7 to 9. So if you're looking for a great excuse to kind of enjoy beautiful Kansas City, maybe make it a little uh, you know couple-day trip, pop on in to the uh, Sarah Palin event and the Tony Minetti event. I'll be emceeing it, and it's going to be a real privilege, man, to be there. Yeah, we're really excited. It's um, the actual venue where the stage is going to be and the band and, and yourself is going to be right across from the Union Station uh, in the Power and Light District. It's called KC Live. Uh-huh. And, um, and so just just to, to clarify, and so it'll be from 7 uh, 
to nine. I think a lot of the people will be getting there around six, six fifteen, and uh, to get in, and it's going to be free admission. Bring your families. You know, this is just a great opportunity to hear, um, you know, some patriots. We've got a great motivational speaker, uh, a band, like I said, and then of course, none other than Governor Sarah Palin flying out to support us. Um, you know, the, the main thing we want to do is, is send a message to uh, D.C. And to our president that we value his leadership and all he's done, but we really think that the people of Missouri uh, are are ready for a different type of leader, not an establishment pick, but more of a patriot, someone that's fought in war, run a business, um, and you know has the the Missouri values. I'm not I'm not one of these guys that's just going to go along with what uh, the lobbyists and other people want me to do. I'm going to do what's best for Missouri. And I'm only doing this for two terms. I'm not a career politician, Jamie. So what we need are people. If, you, if you're happy with the way politics have been going, then keep electing another lawyer to replace another lawyer. But if you want to give a patriot someone that's laid his life on the line, I've uh, actually fought in two wars as a bomber pilot. And I can tell anyone that's listening right now that when you're the one that actually has to take the threats and then make the decisions on the fly to drop a bomb or not, that could affect literally our national security. It's a lot of responsibility they've given me over the last 20 years. I've, I've executed those missions and I'm ready now to use that same laser focus and mental toughness and experience to the, to represent us. Cause we need people that have, are going to be, a, a, you know, say enough of the standard what's going on in DC and we're going to put new people in, the, in office and I'm that person. Right on, brother. Now, here's the thing. This is very funny because what the national news media is attempting to do is they're, is they're looking to, to cause some kind of uh, fissure between Sarah Palin and President Trump. Because Sarah Palin isn't endorsing Josh Hawley, they're trying to insinuate somehow that this is Sarah Palin going against President Trump, which absolutely is not true. President Trump early on right. talked about Josh Hawley. Because the Republican establishment only told him about Josh Hawley. So as we were at that one rally, I'll never forget, in St. Louis, and the president talked about Josh Hawley, most of us were pretty surprised as we sat there. Tony was there, uh, and Austin Peterson was in the building as well. Cortland Sykes was all there. We were all kind of like, um, boy, that was kind of a surprise. Where would that come from? And then we talked a little bit even with some of the people from the Republican Party who said, yeah, well, it's just probably somebody who, you know, told him about uh, about Hawley, but nobody else. So this isn't really this isn't about Sarah Palin going against President Trump. You are have been an avid supporter of President Trump. President Trump has even shouted you out when you went to go up in New York and you said, hey, uh, I'm here. And he was very impressed with you. So this isn't I'm sure people will try to make it. Into something like no, that, but it's not. absolutely 100% correct. You know, the media is going to, they're just looking for a story, you know. But the real story here is that is not that. You're right. And the, our, no one knows more than probably you that I'm the MAGA candidate. I mean, I have a MAGA truck I'm looking at right now. <laughs> I've been driving around with the Make America Great Again truck across the United States and Missouri for the last year and a half. Why? Because I believe in the president's make America great again, vision and American first. Um, this is not a uh, Sarah Palin going against president Trump. Sarah Palin is a patriot herself. And she just, I believe I'm not putting words in her mouth. You can hear it on Wednesday night. I believe she just thinks I'm the most qualified. Right now. I've been on record to say if Josh Hawley selected by our 
Missourians, then I'm going to support Josh Hawley. Does that make sense? Because I want the best uh, person that represents our Missouri values. But but I spoke with Josh Hawley, and Josh Hawley assured me that if I'm the candidate to win, he'll support me. And and it's, that's what it's coming down to. It's coming down to Josh Hawley and me. Uh, and and when what what happens is the people are recognizing that you have a candidate here, me, not a, not a career politician, a conservative outsider, that was the first to announce, first on the ballot, and that has served this country more, has run our business, has been an assistant dean at the university, has started not for profits. My life history and my experiences have prepared me. Now the question we have to ask ourselves is who is the best candidate that's going to go to Washington, D.C. to represent Missouri values. If you think it's the establishment pick, that they want another lawyer, a young guy that has, is a ladder climber, and I'll just call it as it is. I like the guy. He's Christian. He's conservative. I'm not name-calling him. He said he would not run for any other office but attorney general, and now he's running for the U.S. Senate two years in. We're done with that. If you're just as frustrated as I am, well, I stand before you, and I'm not going to continue to do this as a career, by the way like some of these other candidates, you literally have Austin Peterson that every few years is running for some sort of office. He's a professional candidate. I like him personally, but we're done with people that say they're libertarian and then two years later decide to go rubber Republican because they can maybe win. This is not about winning. This is not about resume building. This is about serving our country, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, we're just done with these people. I don't know about you, but that's why I'm running. So I'm putting myself completely out there saying, look, I've served you. I'm ready to serve you again. Sarah Palin agrees. Gorka agrees. A bunch of generals and Christian leaders agree. Now, the question is, can I convince you that I've got the right stuff to do this? And that's why I'm going to be there. Jamie, you being on the stage emceeing this thing is going to just rock. And now I've made tickets free so that people can come at the Kansas City Power and Light District at KC Live. You just go to jointhebass.com. And you can learn all about it. And what we're going to do is we're going to do a hashtag, Tony, not Josh, to our president, so that the president can hear from the Missourians that we are united, that we want a non-politician to represent us in the U.S. Senate. So if people go to MedettiForSenate.com or JoinTheBash.com, is that what it is? That's it, man. You go to JoinTheBash.com. JoinTheBash.com right now, and, and you will see... All about the, you know how to sign up, and it's free, and uh, and it's at the Power and Light District. Yeah, I was telling people just make it into a, like a little little mini summer Missouri vacay if you're from St. Louis. Like, love to see a lot of our St. Louis people uh, out there as well, and we will. But uh, make it a, make it a date. And and Tony, I noticed that Claire McCaskill has been running this rap about the trade wars affecting the farmers, when in fact, actually, there's not one ounce of empirical evidence at all that I, I realize there are some issues regarding pork producers and that kind of thing. But so far, this hasn't been as rampant as Claire McCaskill has says it is. So what she's I notice she's doing is she's making this her kind of premier issue by basically scaring Farmers and consumers in Missouri over something that really has not been established as a problem just yet. Well, she's a shrewd politician, and, and uh, I call her Chameleon Claire. I'm not name you know dropping. I'm just being honest. Every six years, she changes her positions to meet to what the people want to hear. You know, um, but when when we just look at the merits of the case, she's now saying this thing about 
look how bad it's going to be for our farmers when, in fact, it's our economy's never been so good. And I talk to farmers and ranchers. I know what their concerns are. They just want fair trade. They want to know what's expected as far as, you know, the prices. A lot of these guys literally have to just, you know, judge the markets. And now, depending on the weather, how much good they have is how much they can sell. And now if there's some sort of trade problem, now they're going to make less profit. I mean, I understand that. So do they. So our president gets that. So does our, our economist. But, you know, she, she'll come across like uh, she's going to be pro-gun. But, in fact, the record shows otherwise. She's continuously funding Planned Parenthood. She's against Gorsuch, who's, a you know, a conservative originalist judge, uh, which is who I'm going to support. You know, she's against the tax cuts. She was the defining vote for Obamacare. I mean, what else do we need to know? Just look at the facts. Don't get caught up in all the spin that she'll do. And you know what? Just stay steady on we just need a new leader that's not going to play games. We need someone that's going to put, you know, Missouri and do it for Missouri always. And that's me. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, too. And, Tony, just because there are some uh, jackasses who who are assuming somehow that I'm getting paid by you. Can you please tell people? Uh, out there that I'm not getting, I'm not receiving a dime from the Minetti campaign for doing this. Yeah, I'm, I don't even know where that came from. That's more fake news, Jamie. You and I both, of course, know that, that that's completely not true. And uh, I thank you for being a patriot and just giving an opportunity to, a, you know, a serviceman, a veteran to represent us. Um, and, you know, you know who your real friends are when, when, uh, when you're left alone sometimes in life, and I have found in life that all you got to do is be true to your faith in God and your country, and that's who we are. And I think that's why people continue to listen to us and rally around us. You know why? Because we're not playing their games, Jamie. We're just standing on the truth, and we're saying, look, man, we're taking our country back. And these people who are empowered can't stand the fact that we're actually winning. Yeah. Imagine I mean, just think about it. We, we, we've done all this on less than a half a million dollars and a hundred dollars a pop. And no, no one is making money on this. I, you are not getting paid for certain. There are a lot of people are my volunteers yeah. all over our state. So you're right. No, of course it's not true, but it's fake news, but let them say what they want. But the people are not stupid. We're, we're taking our country back. Look, this Wednesday night is a chance for Missourians to say, we're going to send a message to the establishment that we're not playing games anymore. There's going to be live entertainment. There's going to be raffles, a lot of fun. You're going to hear from uh, Harry Singer, who's a great motivational speaker, a businessman, an entrepreneur, and successful. You're going to hear from Sarah Palin, and I'm going to go out there and share my heart for about 10 minutes, um, You know, just connecting with people and let them know that we're taking our country back, but I need their help. And they can go to Join the Bash right now, invite 10 people to come, and volunteer, donate, and most importantly, vote on August 7th so we can send the message. I'm ready to serve again, Jamie. Yeah, well, thank you, buddy. And I appreciate it. I'll be seeing you there, Tony Minetti. Jointhebash.com or MinettiForSenate.com is where you can check it out. And, I mean, this is a pretty dramatic development for your campaign. Uh, I, I certainly applaud you for being able to get uh, some fairly key endorsements. I mean, Sebastian Gorka was one. I had the privilege of being able to meet him when he came into town. Uh, and Sarah Palin is another. There are a lot of us here in 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 the conservative community and in the common sense community who have a ton of respect for her. And and she was, uh, and, you know, I I hated to hear from John McCain that he felt like 
she was a liability. And I will say to this day that uh, John McCain would have become Walter Mondale of 84 if this if it were not for Sarah Palin, who had a 90 percent approval rating as governor of Alaska, 90 percent approval rating as mayor of Wasilla. She is a highly accomplished leader and has been. And so uh, this idea that somehow. Yes. It's, it's, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Jimmy. I mean, there, there, you know, how? let me just let me just break it down for you this way. My wife, Penny, who I've been married to for 30 years, told me there's one leader that she wants to meet more than anyone. And it was Sarah Palin. You know why? For every other woman across America, they look at Sarah Palin as a woman of, that has really experienced life and most importantly, you know, worked hard with character to achieve amazing results. I mean, look at what, if you just look at the history of her life, she became you know, one of the very first women governors and was very successful and then was picked to be a vice president. I mean, that alone in itself is on the merits of the case. But more importantly, she's willing to stand up right now for a patriot like myself. This is not easy for her, I'm sure. But she's doing what? The right thing in her heart. Yeah. Isn't that what we want right now in leaders? For her to say, look, man, look at this guy. He is not a politician. I think you should look at him. That's what she's doing for me. And I thank God for her having that type of it. It's called integrity. And she's not going against our president. She respects our president like I do. And like I said on the radio just now, I just want our president to know that there's another option between, you know, besides young Josh. He's a good man, but he's not ready for this. His heart's not in it. I've been to 43 Lincoln days, ladies and gentlemen. I've seen Josh at one. Do you understand what that means? Oh, yeah. And I mean, that's unbelievable what I just said, because he thinks that he's got this locked up because the establishment of throwing all this money at him. I don't blame him. You know, he's, he's just doing what they're telling him to do. Do I look like the type of guy that's going to do what they tell me to do, or am I going to do what's best for you, farmers, business owners? Uh, you know, I've been talking to so many people that are just struggling. They, I'm about to announce five new bold plans on Wednesday that are going to be so exciting that people are going to go, holy cow, and you know what? I'm actually going to do it because I'm a person that's actually done things like create businesses and jobs and turn struggling academic programs that were the revenue positive for the first time in the history of the program since 1968. How? Because I know how to motivate people and I surround myself with people that are awesome and I just give them <laughs> vision with integrity and passion and it works, Jamie. Yeah. And that's why you, that's why someone like yourself is being bold enough to say, I'm going to stand by and be the MC for this event. And I, I couldn't think of one person more than I wanted on the stage leading that than you. You know why? Because you've been through adversity against the establishment and the politically correct, and you said no, and you're going to continue with your vision of who you are, and your voice will be heard. And I'm so thankful that you have the, that, that, that kind of voice. That's what we need right now. We need men and women that have what it takes to do what's right, and yeah. you're that kind of guy. Well, hey, brother, I, I really appreciate that so much and look forward to seeing you on Wednesday. Join the bash.com. Manetti for Senate.com is where you can find him. And uh, we're going to have some fun on Wednesday. And I, I'm honored to be there. Thank you, Tony. You bet you, brother. God bless you. I'll see you Wednesday. And we'll talk later on this afternoon. God bless you, too. That is uh, Colonel Tony Manetti. And yeah, it's going to be right there in the beautiful Power and Light District. And yeah, man, you know, it's interesting. I, I, it's too bad. It's uh, sad because. You know, some of us, even when we are in supposedly in the same group and everything else, 
why would you if you didn't know I was going to whether I was receiving a paycheck or not, why would you say that I was on Facebook? Like what like even one of the Facebook fans, you know. It's like why why would you, why are you saying I'm getting a because you can't you can't imagine me doing something for somebody because I'm asked to do it? I mean, uh I mean I'm paying for my own hotel. I'm paying for my own gas. Uh you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not receiving a dime from anybody on this. Right. I'm doing it because I was asked. I'm doing it because Tony Minetti's a friend of mine, but everybody all these guys are. You know, I mean we, you know, um we had uh you know Cortland Sykes in here a while back. Cortland Sykes hasn't asked me to do anything for him. Has he? No. Nope. Why not? He's he's he he's having a barbecue on July seventh. He didn't want me to. He didn't ask me to do anything there at the barbecue. Hmm. Hang a banner, do whatever, right? Yeah. So I mean, you know, you can if you want to. I will. I'll talk to the crowd, do whatever. I'll talk about Cortland Sykes on on a stage over there. I know. Or Austin Peterson, for that matter. Yep. Or anybody else, Peter. Whatever, you, whatever you do. I mean, I would be. I would. I would do it. But I don't know why we. Because you hate Tony Minetti. You got to somehow just make me into a whore, but like I'm getting paid to do something, and uh, I don't like it. And I, and I realize the person who's doing it is nice enough to have the Radio Free Almond medallion there on his Facebook page and part of it. But uh, be fair, dude. I mean, that's the least we could do is just ex- expect that from each other at this point in time, at this juncture. I mean, I, th- I, I think personally, I've had enough of people jumping to conclusions about me. So. Pity the person who jumps to any conclusion about me from now on, really, because I'm kind of friggin' tired of it. To tell you the truth, right? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Did you see Joe Manchin cracked Claire's rib? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to know if you saw that. I wasn't sure if that yeah. was coming over the wire here right now. Didn't know about it. No, she um, choked to death. But yeah, so you you know you have to you know you, you have to. Be fair. I mean, let's let's at least just kind of be fair with each other when we come when it comes to this kind of stuff. Instead of making nothing out of something out of nothing. So how did he crack her rib? What happened? She was choking. He put the Heimlich on her. Somebody, uh, the the guy who died, the person, somebody's whoops, somebody's trying to do. Uh, Hurts now. Sometimes the most important. Somebody was trying to do. Uh, the CPR on the guy who died after getting hit by the truck mm-hmm. and the uh, they cracked. They, he actually punctured a lung because they were trying to uh. give the guy CPR. So, I mean, was Joe Manchin doing it the right way? Do we know that or not? <laughs> no, just, no pictures. I'm waiting to see if there's any pictures. What was she choking on? Uh, I, think some, I don't know. I don't quail egg. I don't know. Okay, so is there is there anything in front of you telling you anything about what's going on? Where are you hearing this? I didn't click on the link because we were on live with Tony, and I didn't want to jinx it. Well, why don't you click on the link now so that we can get some info to the people? Is it where link is it to? Somebody on Facebook brought it up. It was Boston Globe. Oh, uh, when did this happen? Well, eleven hours ago was one of the reports. Then the Boston Globe was just twenty nine minutes ago, so it must have happened last night. Oh, Mm -hmm. well, hopefully they didn't choke on the. the menu at the Red Hen. <laughs> right. If you, it's funny. Somebody's messing with the Red Hen already because of all this. And by the way, if you're not caught up on this, there's a restaurant called the Red Hen in Lexington. 
And the woman who denied Sarah Huckabee Sanders' service at the Red Hen is being treated as some kind of liberal icon because she refused service at the Red Hen restaurant. And it's funny because somebody's messing with it. Because if you Google Red Hen, Lexington, Virginia, or if you Yahoo, I did the Yahoo search. Did you ever see that, Phil? No. Okay. If you do it underneath it, it says um, under menu, because they have menu, reservations, blog, New York Post, reviews, our partners. You know how that happens on on the search engines. They always have like four different things you can click on. The one is menu. Underneath it says erectile dysfunction, or ED, is the inability to achieve, or dot, dot, dot. So somewhere, somebody hacked into the Red Hen restaurant thing there and uh and 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 said that um and and put that in there which is pretty interesting because they're not happy about this woman who's really being treated like an absolute hero Uh, it's a it's one of these farm-to-table restaurants and it's actually you know some of it seems pretty good they had they like to use duck eggs and quail eggs and things like that in their food and they also have vodka that's squeezed from a vodka goat from the from Mrs. Johnson's farm nearby. They also have um, parsnip puree with the with a little trout, Stonehouse Farm twi- Swiss chard, and Mrs. Hayes's heirloom potatoes and trout. But they they use a parsnip puree there, which is delicious. Apparently, leg of lamb from Mr. Johnson's farm, fennel and dill salad. So apparently Sarah Huckabee Sanders brings in her, her entire entourage there. And they uh, the, the woman who is part of that whole thing described, explained why she did it. She said she's standing up for her morals. If you look at the restaurant, there's a sign in the window that says, love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. I can't wait to talk to Mark Haitian about this when he comes in at 8 o'clock so we can break down what about, what about this incident transformed an enemy into a friend. In fact, it looks to me like Stephanie Wilkinson, the owner of the Red Hen, transformed a friend into an enemy. Seems to me. But this is kind of typical of the left-wing philosophy, is, it, is, is that, yeah... What's good for us is good, but for you, it's no good. Like, we can, we can talk about our morals, and that's what she did. She cited her morals in telling Sarah Huckabee Sanders she couldn't eat there. Now, imagine, I think the last time a conservative cited morals in denying somebody's service, his business was shut down. It went all the way to the Supreme Court for crying out loud. So Kaysen apparently thinks that this is more like, oh, this is what happened to you. The government decided to try to shut you down. Nobody in the government's trying to shut the red hand down. They'll be just fine there in Lexington. I wouldn't want them shut down. In fact, I'm applauding Stephanie Wilkinson for exercising her freedom. Now, what would happen if you were at a restaurant and you're the owner of the restaurant and you told Maxine Waters you didn't want to feed her? Because because you're a conservative and she's a liberal left wing kook, and you your morals tell you not to serve a left wing kook. How far do you think that would go? Yeah. By the way, she's a superhero. Did you know that? <laughs> I saw she had a rally, and that everybody was cheering her crazy statements that she was making about the 
basically attacking Trump supporters. It's been in so dope to see all these black women killing it in the superhero game. Uh, yeah, shout out to Tessa Thompson and Thor, Zazie Beats and Deadpool 2, and yes. Denai Guerrero, and all the black girl magic in Black Panther. Regina Hall and Amanda Stenberg. You know who they are? No. Hmm. Here we go, though. But there's so many other real-life black women superheroes out here. Like Maxine Waters. <laughs> Maxine Waters is a real-life black woman superhero. Now, they say Kamala Harris... the unyielding superpower of reclaiming her time. And Kamala Harris with her real-life Wonder Woman lasso of truth. Uh-huh. Now, Kamala Harris, I guess, she's been, she hasn't really been obnoxious, really. But Maxine Waters, I mean. I'm D. Wackensay with the Salon 5. And today we're going to give you five reasons why Maxine Waters should be our next president. Number five. Congressman, we're just, uh, in, in case you can't see, showing video of you standing on the aisle and shaking a number of presidents' hands over the years, both Republicans uh, and Democrats. So my final question to you, Congressman Engel. No, you uh, have not. Excuse me. talking to me. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you had been talking to me about standing on the aisle and shaking hands. No, I'm sorry, Congresswoman sorry. Maxine okay. Waters. Yes, uh, I'm talking okay. to Congressman Engel, who has okay. stood there and we've shown over the years. Okay. Yeah, she's a real-life black woman superhero right there. Okay. I'm Thank sorry about you. that, uh, for the confusion. Sure. He is wrapping his arms around Putin uh, while uh, Putin is continuing uh, to advance uh, into Korea. <laughs> that's, just, that's a real-life black woman superhero right there. I think that's Crimea, Maxine, but who's counting? Korea, Crimea, you know. Our millennials are forced. I recognize it, and I was the millennial once. No longer, of course, I was the millennial once. She was a millennial once. That's another reason why she's a uh, real-life black woman superhero, because she was a millennial once. I do not wish to debate. I wish to ask, is there one United States senator <laughs> who will join me in this letter? There's of no debate. debate. There's no debate. The gentlewoman will suspend... That was a letter that no one would go near. It was some kind of crazy conspiracy theory she brought up. I have up. not called for impeachment. You said uh, I'm going to fight I, every day until he's impeached. That's what you tweeted. Yeah, but here's what I've said. My greatest desire is to lead him right into impeachment. Impeach 45! <laughs> Impeach 45! Impeach 45! That's why I nominate Maxine Waters to be our next president. Because again, Maxine Waters let you know that she is a strong black woman. I'm a strong black woman. <laughs> yeah. It's a black woman superhero right there. But yeah, I, now listen. Again, I, I, can, I, can, I can listen to two people, two young black women at the BET Awards talk about Kamala Harris and I can okay, that's fine. Whatever you as a, as a if she's somebody you admire, I, I get it. Uh, I, I don't I don't blame you. But Maxine Waters, how how did how did that happen? Crazy. We'll be back because Mark Case is going to come in and figure out a way to twist this Sarah Huckabee Sanders Red Hen restaurant story. And we'll ask him about Maxine too and see what he has to say about that. 
Radio Free Almond, live from Discovery Design Studios, people. Yes, we are live here from Discovery Design Studios, and yes, it's Radio Free Almond. Thank you, Rick Pogue, and the rest of the gang for supporting Radio Free Almond and all of you folks out there as well. I guess uh, Sonya Dada didn't really kick in on the algorithm, so we kind of dodged a bullet there. I wonder if they'll kind of do that. Although Steve Church, my buddy, tells me that uh, you can apply for a web license to obtain to play music as background music not designed to sell something uh, and and they it claims that this is what can um, prevent the live music from from the live broadcast from being stopped if you play it so good morning this morning yes Matt yes Oh, is he? Okay, Mark's taking a piss. He's pissed. Mark is wheedling. Is he wheedling on the carpet in there, or is he in the bathroom? Oh, okay. Wheedling. I'm going to smack his nose with a newspaper. <laughs> is this mic all set up all right for him? Because it's, it's, it's shaped. It, 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 unless he's with the Wizard of Oz, I don't think this is going to happen. Yeah, he's pretty short. But... Yeah, yeah, right. He's in a wheelchair. One of the munchkins. Yeah. He's a member of the Lollipop Guild. 
beautiful. It's a beautiful thing we have going here. You like Sonia Dada, man? Uh, not real familiar with their canon of work. They're pretty good. Well, they don't really have one. Mm. They've been around for they were they were kind of like a like in the mid '90s. They were kind of hot, you know. Yeah. Planes and satellites. It's a good song. I don't know where they went though. They went the way of Claire McCaskill's rib, which is now floating around in her stomach someplace. What so happened to her? Joe Manchin with the save. She's got something blocked in her throat. They didn't say what it was. I was wondering to know what it was, of course. Hi, Mark Kaysen. Hello, Mark. Good morning, Mark. Hello, Phil. Hello. How are you? Yeah. Piano. Like this? This should be your new theme music. This is all right. And, and plus the beach. Talk over this Tony Donna. It's Tony Donna. A day at the beach, that's right. Called Planes and Satellites. The reason why I think this is... Why this is great for you is because um, last week... When you came up with all the Nazi concentration camp sure. things, sure. you were like 24 hours ahead of the left. Well, because I knew it was a concentration camp and it's Nazis, yeah. Well, because it, it seemed to me that... <laughs> all I had to do is look. Well, we were wondering how you were able to get that information so quickly. And the only thing we could we could determine is that... There was some kind of hovering spaceship that was shooting information to the top of your head. Now, I like to say it a slightly different way. We're part of Radio Free Almond. Yes. We don't listen to the news and then tell what other people say. We lead other people to what they need to know. Right. You're so, ahead of the game. Well, of course. Aren't you? Yeah. So, so you were, you were really, I, what you, you became. We, we made the, we make that story happen. That's our job. But when you became last week, you became a glossary of yeah. Nazi concentration sure. camp terms. Well, all I had to do is look. I mean, you look at the cages, you can see. But you know, you didn't, you didn't even see the, um, you, you didn't even, you, Scarborough got one up on you though. Yeah. When he talked about the showers, like he was, he, the showers, you missed the showers thing. Yeah. I, oh, no, I knew it, but I just didn't want to say it because it didn't really, it wasn't fair. Pushing it. Yeah. You like to brag about how my mother is a liberal, and she is yeah. uh, in some ways. I think she's a little more conservative than she lets on, but she's, 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 uh, uh, which didn't like, does not like President Trump. But uh, she and I are thick as thieves and, and, uh, Real pals, and she's about to turn 90. And she and I have great conversations. The other night, we had a conversation about um, what's been going on with the with this whole Nazi concentration camp reference. And my mom's about to turn 90, so she was she's old enough to remember those days and, and historically what those days sure. meant. And was very offended that, that, that people were making these kinds of uh, remarks about it be and and she because we were talking about 
how people don't learn history anymore in their history books. And I told her, I said, that might be why it seems so easy for certain people of a certain generation to reflexively utilize Holocaust references and showers and concentration camps and boxcars and these kinds of things so easily because they really don't, haven't weren't learning as younger people in high school or anything else about about history so that so they're if they did they would never make any kind of simile when it comes to Nazi concentration camps well, and you he, being Jewish, I'm shocked that you did. No, here, here's the thing, and I, I, I would bet, and I've never met your mom, unfortunately, but I would bet that we would probably agree if she heard what I had to say about it. Because it's not the concentration camps in 1945. It's Hitler in 1933. See, there was a time in Germany when everybody had all this stuff coming at them, and Hitler promised that he was going to make Germany great again, which is no joke. And, and he, he said that, that, you know, in fact, he said, you know, just give me four years and I'll take care of this. So, you know, he, he was saying that, that he would do a lot like what Donald is saying. Now, eventually what Hitler did, Donald hasn't gotten there yet, I said yet, but, see, that's the point. I, I would agree, you know, that we do not have concentration camps yet, but we are approaching 1933. And, and certainly, I can tell you, as, as an example, I think I've mentioned this to you before, one of my buddies, a famous neuroscientist over at St. Louis University, who's Muslim, says that as far as he's concerned, he feels like that, as a Muslim, that he feels like, uh, a Jew in Germany in 1933, <coughs> not 1945, 1933. It's just the beginning of this sort of thing. You but, find you got a Muslim to feel like a Jew. Well, that's a, that's a major accomplishment. Yeah, he's actually an atheist. But oh, okay. He, but he was born a Muslim. Yeah, you know? he's secular. <laughs> he's a scientist, so he's not really a Muslim. He doesn't there. believe. Well, <laughs> if he's atheist, he's no, not a, a Muslim. No, wait a second. Look, I'm Jewish. Right. I mean, you don't think that I'm going to be jumping up and doing backflips about praying for anything, right? Well, I would, I'm you, not a prayer, okay? And he's not a prayer either. He's a scientist. He believes in science. Right, but he's, okay. But he's a Muslim. Well, you just call him a Muslim. But he's a Muslim. Well, you just call him an atheist after that. Okay, look. There's a big difference, <laughs> I think. He's not a jihadist. Okay, I know, but but okay, but I mean, you can, he's I mean, a Muslim. Look, okay. I, just like, I'm just saying, you know, there are Jewish people who don't spend a lot of time praying every. They don't pray. We're not praying. We're out doing business. We're working. Okay, he's a scientist. He believes in science. Science. Yeah. Okay. Look here. Let's try this. Come on, you understand science. all that. How about this? How about this? Let, let's try this. Let me read this. Oh, come on. A, now you're going to read line. stuff. Okay. Yeah. Hang on. Uh, Nor shall any state deprive any person, it doesn't say citizen, any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, period. That is the 14th Amendment. Um, Hitler, I'm sorry, Donald, uh, would like now 
to get rid of due process. He has said specifically, and due process, period. So, look, I don't understand why you don't understand, but I'm going to say this about Huckabee Sanders because I was listening wait, wait, to wait, 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 I was wait, listening wait, wait, to you okay. on the way oh, wait, in. Wait, wait, wait. So. Don't, don't just sit here and okay. riff, okay? No, I mean, because I support I know, her. Right, I know, but we're not at that point okay. yet. We're going to Go get to that point okay. in a second, but you just can't just simply do your little Hitler stuff and then move on to Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Go ahead. Here's the deal, though. Uh, the, I could I could – what you just read there, even, even the comparison to, to Nazi Germany – uh, Hitler was going after his own citizens. He was he was trying to cleanse from within. That was later. What what, what President Trump and in the, the early and, part he wasn't doing that. Well, what President Trump and President Obama have been doing is they have been simply trying to protect our borders because that's what they have sworn to do. From what? To uphold the Constitution. From which, what? Uh, from p- people who are illegally entering into the United States. Once they enter, they have all the constitutional rights that you and I have. Every last one. There is no constitutional right that a person who comes to that border and crosses right. does not which have. Is what, which is exactly what's going on then. So due process includes you go over here, your babies are going to go over there, and we're going to deal no. with you, and then we're going to reunite you after you're done. It's called due process. No, you go to a judge first. Oh, with the baby, with the baby in your hand? You got, yeah, you go to okay. a judge. There, there are Americans who don't get that kind of privilege. Yeah, no. Well, you know what? You are correct about that because for example and i listen that's the whole black thing you look at at st louis county and ferguson and all of that and you got black people who were uh jammed into jails and got no opportunity to get to a, a lawyer and part of that is because you know a lot of poor people running around that don't have a lawyer i mean who who, well, you, you, but what you, poor person just, but has a lawyer you think it, in their right. po- I don't pocket? Know why do you think it's just black people? White people are the same way. They they too have had their babies taken away from them because uh, they're dealing in a bag of weed, and then suddenly DFS comes in there and yeah. takes their babies away. I don't hear it's anybody wrong. squawking about that. Well, of course, uh, but, but, it's here's wrong. A, but but again, this is all. But do you? But do, do, I don't see you out there saying they should bring their babies to court with them. I mean, you ne- this never happens. Or the babies to prison with them. There are women in federal prison right now over a, uh, a pound of weed because their husbands were doing it, and they- and they've had their babies taken away. Happens all the time. This it's, it's a response. The ACLU protects or tries well, to protect all of those kind of people, including including Nazis. Yes, we and the Ku Klux Klan too. That, that's the thing about our Constitution and all these great lawyers out here that are trying to do the right thing for everybody, that everybody gets constitutional rights. You don't lose your rights because you're white. But most people who are white don't have a problem because even though they do get you know, pushed into the well, situations like you described. You haven't been to Jefferson County, apparently. No, uh, look, I'm just saying. Or Warren County. Look, I, I'm just saying that it's easier for a white person to fight back than it is for the black people. I'm not saying they always win. Yes, you're right. Poor white people get shafted also. Yeah. I agree. Uh, did you just say Ku Klux Klan? Ku Klux Klan. It's Ku Klux no, Klan, no. isn't it? No, it's K-U Klux, K-L-U-X Klux Klan. Okay. Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. Ku Klux Klu. Oh, so it's, it's is it Klu? K-U. Ku. K-U. 
Okay, so did you say coup? Yeah. Okay, because yeah. some people say clue clucks. Nah, clan. But, yeah, a I lot know, of people I say know. clue. Yes. Clue clucks clan. Yeah, clue clucks. It's all right. And you know, it's kind of the yin get, and the yang. I get things right though. <laughs> people you say yin and yang. It's like, dude, <laughs> it's yin and yang. But oh, yin and yang. <laughs> you know, I'm just into coo, yin and yang coo, of it all. Clue clucks clan. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. No. See, I got Mark Cason to admit he's an expert on the Ku Klux Klan. I'm an you expert. See how I did that? I'm an expert on, on science. On no, well, no, that's another guy. No, right. I'm an expert on uh, certainly grammar and spelling and yeah. Science. Mark Cason blinded me with science. Yep. He blinded me with science. Yes. 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 You know who this is, Mark? No, it's all right, though. Yes. What is it? Yes. New tune. Yes, just came out. Yes, just dropped. This is Thomas Dolby. Old. Good you blinded me with science. You okay. Gotcha. You're good. This is a remix, apparently. It's a little remix of it. It's not really <laughs> the best version. It, you know, it's always ruined. They always ruin good songs with these remix things. I hate remix. Or like it's always like so and so and so featuring, you know, Science. I love this song, man. It's a great album. It actually is a great album. Oh, People forget that. Science. Amazing. Yeah. Whatever happened to Thomas Dolby? He didn't well, die. Well, he got did he? really rich because he was involved in the early technology of texting. He actually got a patent on some of the technology involved in the early texting. Really? The ability to text. Yeah, he's a genius. He was an engineer at Abbey Road, and he was a big deal. I love Thomas Dolby. I'm sure Mark does, too. I have no idea who you're talking about, okay. but I'm sure. British guy. Okay. Well, you know, since um, since we're talking about Mark Casey, and we'll get to Sarah Huckabee Sanderson. I can't sure. wait for this discussion, but yeah. we... Um, we're going to agree on, on a lot of it, I think. Mm-hmm. Since we talked about... Science! Because we got to the point where you had the, uh, talking about how there's a spaceship hovering over this place right now, waiting to suck you back in after you're done here. <laughs> By the way, you, but, I want you to know I support the, that, that's the only thing that Donald has ever said that I support. I support the Space Force. Oh, that'd be cool. You, yeah. No, I'll tell you why. Because I think what the first thing the Space Force needs to do is to take Donald and put him in a capsule and shoot him off to Jupiter. And I think that would be terrific. Just like the Nazis did. Yeah. So I'm, I, I, I'm going to support the Space Force. Okay, well, then you're, this is perfect for you, then. This, this way you can have, have William Shatner singing science for you. It's sure. poetry in motion. It's a weird remix. She turned her tender eyes to me as... Deep as any ocean. Really happy that the Red Hen, I'm so proud of the Red Hen, and I'm so supportive of the Red Hen and Mrs. Wilkinson's, uh, the old lady in a shoe, apparently, uh, and her decision to refuse service to Sarah Huckabee Sanders because, as you know, we're all very supportive of freedom when yeah. it comes to business owners and things like that. She and made so a mistake. I, I love the fact that she uh, used her, uh, her – she, she wanted to exercise her, her morality. And the reason why I think that's so great is because I guess the next time a baker decides to exert 
his or her morality and not make a cake for somebody, then they're going to be they're going to be treated as a hero by the media, just like this Bozess is. Yeah. I've heard people, the good people, say the right thing, which is that she should not have done that. She made she made a mistake. That was wrong. But look, every time somebody Why not? she has the right to run her business no, the way she, she wants does, to run her she business. She absolutely does not. Sarah Huckabee Sanders does not have the right no, to uh, eat uh-uh. at the red hen. Yeah, she does. She no, does. she doesn't. Yeah. What so so if if she were thrown out because she were black or because she were she was a Muslim, then what? Can you do that? Well, can no. you throw a Mexican out? See, no, you see, you yeah. can't throw anybody out. But the Supreme Court hasn't decided on this yet. All they said, one thing, they said that the guy who made the cake had the right to not make that cake because the Colorado Human Rights Commission said bad things about him, mistreated him. That that was the only reason that he had a right to get away with not making the cake. Otherwise, the Supreme Court hasn't decided yet. But, they, right, they exactly. Agreed but he his not to decide. Well, so, so hopefully, the Virginia. What, what was the what was the one in uh, in this play? What's the name of the the, the Human Rights Commission in so, Colorado? So, so, we'll, so I'm sure the Human Rights Commission will hop to in defense of Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Then, huh? No, no, it, that's not their position. She, she was denied service no, because no. she's a conservative woman. Yeah, and I say that you can't deny anybody service in public, period. If you are a public venue, you have to accept everybody in. Now, obviously, if she were wearing inappropriate clothing for the restaurant, we allow that. That's fine. Well, then, so, you know, Mark, then, then apparently... But uh, she, she you had a right not, to eat there. Well, apparently you then missed the morning briefing because I don't everybody, by else, that. everybody else on the left thinks this is the coolest thing in the world for this woman to stand up for herself. In fact, I think you're wrong. If, well, um, I'm completely right. All I'm seeing me- are, uh, this woman is, is, uh, is, is being heralded as, as a hero. Yeah. And she's got a sign in her window, by the way, and this is really what's so disturbing and so typical of the left when they preach about unity and about don't be a divider and about bipartisanship. She has a sign in her window that talks about how there is no greater love than turning enemies into friends. And she went right against her little placard in the window, which says everything I need to know about this liberal pablum we hear all the time about unity and it takes a village and you did this and you did this. Who is she? Because, because, she's nobody. Well, come on now. She's a restaurant owner. Well, she, she is true. zero. She is nobody. She's not elected to anything. She's yeah. not a lawyer. She's not a judge. Suddenly, she's none nothing. Of these, suddenly none of these people who commit these acts are attached to any kind of movement, whatever. She's, she's just wrong. a restaurant owner. She's She's wrong. I, why, why couldn't you say that She's about wrong. some poor baker? No, no, wait. No, no. The poor baker is wrong. Gonna... The poor baker is wrong because the poor baker and this lady are setting up the opportunity to be George Wallace and stand in front of the school door and say, get these black people out of so, here. So let me put you, let me ask you this then. So basically right now under your commandments, Whatever your commandments are. Well, the Constitution. Um, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. my commandment. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Because it doesn't make any. Because constitutionally, it doesn't make any sense that a person cannot exercise their right uh, under the First Amendment to uh, to for religious freedom and we're, freedom of assembly. We're going to fight that out at the Supreme Court and find out what they say. Well, we will, but, even with Stacey Newman, but, we will. But we have. 
Well, see, now that's um, we can get to that. Okay, wait, but but let me... but, but you're you're listen. It, the courts will decide who which one of us is correct, and then whichever side is correct as far as the court is is decides. You and I should just accept so, the court do you, because so that's do you our believe, system. So, do you believe that a black person who doesn't have any shoes on no, see, is okay to go into a Seven uh-uh. Eleven where they say no shoes, no uh-uh. shirt, no they're service? Allowed, they're allowed. Listen, they are allowed to set a dress standard and a safety standard, and part of that safety because you go in with the, without shoes, you can hurt yourself, and then the, you can sue them. So, no, that's but remember what happened when the schools and everybody else though decided they didn't want anybody to wear hoodies. And that sure. apparently became a race thing because, well, wh- wh- why can't they wear hoodies? That seems to be a black thing. Again, you're, you're for certain dress standards, no, no, but not no. others. No, no. Here, here, here's the deal. You, these things have to be litigated in our courts. That's for sure. You, do you, you know Marlene Davis from the, the uh, Board of Alder? Alderman? Yes. Yeah, you okay. mean the, the, one of the 26 unnecessary alder people? Well, we can talk or about she that, nice? too. The reason for maintaining 26 is because by cutting it down, it's a way to, to, to take rights and support away from black people. That's the, that's the fear. Well, no, and, you and know, I understand fact, why. I think, I think actually, I think there are, um, I think the black people. There are some uh, black people who want it, but that's because they're in the pockets of white people. So What? Yeah. Uh, no, I think I think some people are sick of. I think there's there's a it's rife for abuse with that many aldermen. Everybody has their own little fiefdoms, and you don't have a lot of uh, a, a, you don't have actual representation all the time. There are issues. I mean, we've got a weak mayoral system, and you know all that business. So I don't know. I yeah. can't solve. Nor you. We can't solve all these problems right now. But look. Uh, as, as far as, and I was bringing up Marlene Davis, mm-hmm. she came to uh, Vashon to talk to a group of my civics students, and she told them that she wanted to pass a law saying that uh, the that, that black kids or anybody that, that sags, you know what sagging is? Yeah. Right? You know, pants they, sagging? They wear their pants down around their ankles. Pants on the ground. Yeah. Hands so, on the ground. So, so she hands wa- on the ground. So she wanted to pass a law. Get that, your pants up on the ground. That would say that they would have to wear their pants properly. Mm-hmm. And uh, and of course they didn't pass such a law. But the kids immediately said, "Mr. Kaysen, isn't that unconstitutional?" Which you know, again, is it or isn't it? The courts have to decide. But uh, you know how how you wear your clothes. Uh, you might be able to say how uh, how it should be in a restaurant. Fine. Locked into an expensive. But what about right. what about walking down the street? Can can they can they tell you what to do what to wear walking down the street? I mean, you can't walk down the street with no clothes on. We know that, so that's okay. Well, I no, I, I've never been the stop and frisk guy. I mean, I don't I don't really. I'm not I'm not a huge uh, fan of that, but. Uh, yeah, I think I think you can. I don't think you can have really a dress code out in the, out in the right. public well, area. See, there. I, I would think that's that's problematic. But you can't be. But but you know, people who like pee on the street. Yeah, that's not good. You know, <laughs> you can't. Yeah, we're not going to allow that. But but all I'm saying is is you brought up the hoodies. That could be that could be discussed. Um, there there are some there are some actual good reasons for banning the hoodies in school. And that is because some of the kids put that over their heads and then do all kinds of bad things and then try to hide their identity under the hood. 
So that's a problem. Yeah, no, that would be a definite problem. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't wish that on on anybody really. Exactly. You know, and and look, as far as a lot of my kids a, a lot of my kids, and I'm talking about black kids in the inner city, love the opportunity to wear a shirt and tie in class. Yes. They, they think that's cool. No, I mean, I, I listen, no. I, I, I'm, all, I'm all for the uniforms in the school and everything else. And- yeah, but, but shirt and tie uniforms is different than some of the junk that they give kids to wear, which they how hate. About, how about brown and shirts and ties? You like that idea? You're funny. You're real funny. <laughs> you know, we're, I don't know if you... When, when you were in school, did they ever say anything about wearing your shirt tails out? Uh, it depended on which school I was in. Well, I went to a private, yeah, I had to wear ties. So when I was in private school, before I got kicked out, I, I would always have to wear your shirt tucked in. Yeah, so, because I remember. And a tie. Yeah, they used to tell us, we had to wear our shirts tucked in in high school, you know, a thousand years ago. It said, tuck in your shirt. And what did we do? We took our shirt tails out. We refused to tuck in our right, shirts. Right. Well, oh, now of course. normally, I see. I never. I've never been one of those guys. I've never like. I mean, right now, like for instance, I don't tuck in my shirt and my shorts. Yeah. But normally, I actually tuck. I don't really wear shirts, and I, I I always tuck the shirt in if it has tails or something. If it's a t-shirt or something, sometimes I will, sometimes I won't. But generally, I'll I'll tuck my my shirt in. In, in and now though, you can actually they actually create shirts. I think for fat guys, but uh, create shirts that are called untuck it shirts. <laughs> and, and it's just so you don't have to tuck it so you can hide your fat stomach. But normally that's kind of like, but now you buy shirts that are just designed to be untucked. Yeah. Like I, like, look I at know this they do. Me. I have a shirt where I was to untuck. They wanted me to untuck my shirt. It was very unnatural for me when we, when Susie Gorman and the rest of the crew, they dressed me up for this thing, which I like, by the way, Mr. Guy clothes. Fantastic. But they set me up there. But they made me like I would never normally wear a shirt tail out with a with a coat like that. It would be antithetical to the way I dress. But then I kind of like that. I kind of well, like, I, I kind of actually dug that a little yeah. bit. Okay, but but, but I but, wouldn't normally go out dressed like that. Okay, but here's what we've agreed on in our law. This is the law: if you come into a place of business, you can not be kept out because of being. Because of your race, because of your religion, because of your um, national origin, uh, you know, sex, because of being disabled. Gender. That's what we're going to find out. The Supreme Court's going to have to decide this. Well, is, you know, is can, Sarah Huckabee Sanders going to utilize that? That that she she she. I mean, is she going to go further than this? With, with by by claiming it's because she's a woman? No, 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 not because of that, but. but it's not no gender. You're, they can't keep you out for gender. They can keep you out for being gay. Uh, maybe, maybe, just like your cake guy. Your cake guy may be able to say, "I don't serve cakes to gay people," or whatever. I, maybe I don't think that's right. I think that's unconstitutional. But you know, you guys are arguing well, it's the not, opposite. Well, but, but you guys are saying you your side is saying that all those protections for gender, for national origin, for, for, for color, for, for disability. All of those protections are okay because we've agreed on that. That's our, our law. 
but you're not sure that that's okay. You're not sure you want to extend that to gay people because maybe your religious beliefs allow well, you to not. Well, here's the thing, though. But keep, that's in mind, the keep in mind, though, the, w- it depends. Is religion also morality? Because the, the owner of the red hen... And by the way, do you like farm-to-table type of places where you get, like you get a braised lamb that comes from Mr. Johnson's farm down the road or uh, cheese that's made from a uh, <laughs> rabbit fur? No. Okay. Uh, all right. So, well, this restaurant, actually, the menu seems pretty good. I mean, they have, you know, they, they get, they get, they, lot, they like a lot of eggs. They take a lot of eggs from birds. Like they have a quail, they have a steak tartare that's held together apparently with a quail egg. Or maybe they cook the quail egg and put it over the steak tartare. I don't know. I've seen it before where you take an egg with steak tartare and you keep the yolk uh, uncooked and then you smash it up and it goes in with the, it's that kind of thing. Now, it's a quail the, egg though. When's the last time you had steak tartare? Um, I actually have the beef carpaccio, which I love. Steak tartare is a little much for me because usually it's ground up and it's like a ball, and I just can't eat. You're really tell you talk to anybody who raises cattle, and they will tell you to eat raw beef is almost purely idiotic. Yeah. Now, depending on how the beef is raised, if the if the if the if the cow is raised in some kind of pristine atmosphere where there's nothing at all out there, and it's not a slaughterhouse cow, but if you're eating like at a regular place and you're eating uh, and you're eating raw beef that's through a slaughterhouse, you're out of your tree. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and cattle people will tell you that. Cattle people will tell you that they wouldn't even eat their steak rare. Well, let me let me just comment. Uh, I used, no, I, well, I used to eat steak tartare at Alice's restaurant in oh West Lord. in Westwood. When I was uh, about eight, 18, 18 years old, want. but but I'll now tell you this. Pe- but people told me you shouldn't eat that for exactly the reason that you're saying. So I used to make it at home, and I used to get really great sirloin, kosher sirloin. I tried to get the best I could get because I got to tell you, <laughs> if you do it right, it's like candy. It's I so love good. how Trump called it a filthy restaurant. <laughs> Yeah, see, I, I don't think they've got roaches everywhere. Yeah. I wouldn't go there either. I don't Sarah. think he I don't he think he, I don't know. think he's funny. You know, I really don't. He's a miserable person. That I mean, really. Look. Wait, you, you listen put, to this. Listen to this. Yeah, this oh is yeah, awesome. listen. He, this, this is morning. This is here's fine his, if he's a comedian. His here's his tweet. The rest the Red Hen restaurant should focus more on cleaning its filthy canopies, doors, and windows. Badly needs a paint job rather than refusing to serve a fine person like Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I always, I always had a rule. If a restaurant is dirty on the outside, it's dirty on the inside. <laughs> Look, if you put him on television, which he was. I saw roaches he was everywhere. Te- he was on television. He was, he was fine. I didn't watch it much. I'd walk by it and see people watching. But look, he was popular. He had a, a, a people liked his show. They liked his nonsense. But here's the thing: the president of the United States, give me a break. I can't wait till he goes has a rally. And goes, yeah. you know, I saw, I saw that 
I saw that Red Hen restaurant. I couldn't figure out whether it was a, a restaurant or a roach motel. Yeah, I can't wait for the impeachment trial. The impeachment, the impeachment trial. Let me tell you, and I've said this to you before. First of all, he, he can't wait. He's going to consider that to be his greatest moment in history because he's going to have so much fun in that trial, and he's going to say the craziest stuff and it, before they, you know, put him on the Space Force and send him to Jupiter. There's going to be so many people coming now to the Red Hen Restaurant. There's going to be a quail sure. holocaust, that, a quail egg holocaust. No, that place, <laughs> that place is going to be they're gonna, popular. They're going to go to the quail she, concentration should, camp on yeah. Mr. Johnson's farm and she grab all the eggs. She shouldn't have done it. But, but here's the thing, because let's get to this, because it's fun. She, the re- restaurant owner, did it to Sarah. Okay. It's going to be, and they're they, not going to be another Sarah, quail. Sarah Sanders made a mistake because she did a Stacey Newman. The quails have been erased from Lexington thanks to a run on quail eggs. It's actually quail genocide is what's going to be the result of all the people going to the Red Hen restaurant. Yeah. But let's talk about now, because we agree can, they can shouldn't I, can do I, that. Can I, can I get, I, I was going to government. Right, I will, but, but yeah. before we get to, um, when I was talking about the morality versus the, sure. the, the religious thing. Now, one could make an argument that one's morality is one's religion. And there are people who are, in my opinion, very moral people who also don't go to church. I know there are some atheists who listen to my program who I know and who I love. I have a witch, Becky Noble, who listens to the show. She's a Wiccan witch. And I do believe that she and other of those people, I believe they're very moral people in my estimation. You don't have to go to church or even for that matter, in my opinion, believe in God to be a moral person. Uh, but but morality also tends to be a series of rules, much like a religious belief would be. And so when she cited her morality, it was one – It was it, she, if she would have just said, I'm a liberal and she's a conservative and I'm done with conservatives, I'm not going to feed them anymore – or whatever else, that would have been one thing. But you know what she did? She used her, she used, she invoked her morality. At that point, then it becomes her, in my opinion, almost exercising this religious freedom that is indoctrinated into our constitution. That would, that I, I think, if you really wanted to make the case, and I believe the ACLU could make it, that she had every right in the world to kick Sarah Huckabee Sanders out of the restaurant. And I believe that a conservative restaurant tour, if Maxine Waters comes in, he could have every right to kick her out because she's a kook. I want, I want them to have that kind of freedom if they want to. How about if a, a restaurant says, sorry, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, you can't walk into this restaurant because we don't serve interracial couples. Well, no, that would be horrible. Well, but that's where this is going. That's people feel that's immoral. There are people who believe that's immoral. True. Well, well, the, 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 so, what, the, so but, you're going to allow that? Well, actually the Supreme it's Court, the law. The, well, the, the, the lower court, the Supreme Court in reaffirming the rights of this baker, technically that was the argument that the gay the 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 supporters the gay couple made is that well this is just like you know if they wanted That's to deny right. an interracial couple right. so apparently the courts have decided no they didn't decide. technically I know but but that that decision was was a kick the can down the road decision right but nonetheless it seems to reaffirm that a person's morality 
could play into is defensible under the First Amendment. No, not that. But it it, it just says that it hasn't been decided yet. Now they didn't decide. Now here's the other thing. Here's, I wish here's, they had. Here's the one thing I'm uncomfortable with, and I was laughing about the president's uh, uh, tweet there, which I thought was funny. But now, if the president came out and said boycott the Red Hen restaurant. Or you should not go to the Red Hen restaurant, then that's where your Stacey Newman He'd analogy comes in. Because yeah. I, I don't think that's appropriate. And I also don't but think Sarah it's appropriate. Sarah Sanders got, she, she didn't, she said some stuff about the restaurant that was not yeah. well, I, in her tweet. Yeah. I, I, but, but she I do, didn't say boycott it. You're no, right. And, 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 and certainly, I, and, I hope and, she doesn't. And, right. And I texted you and I said, you know, all, all of that is definitely approaching your situation. I said approaching because uh, Stacey Newman's got much bigger problems than than any of these people have got. But if these people have a problem, if Sarah Huckabee Sanders has an ethics problem because of what she said about the restaurant, imagine how much trouble uh, poor Stacey Newman's got. Because I feel sorry for her. Because I, I, I expect fully to be sitting in the Supreme Court on the day that that your case gets there because I think it's going well. She used she's she used, in trouble. She used the full force of yeah. her standing as a Missouri government official, absolutely, to get me out of a job. And she said as much on yes. her. I mean, I know she she's lied. Done. To, it's funny she lied to the Post Dispatch. I'm surprised that this happened to him when that's what she wanted because we have the screenshots of her wanting it. Right, Phil? She's done. We had them, right? We sure do. She's done. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's yeah. done. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna call this restaurant. It's <laughs> a good thing to do. I'm not gonna harass them. I'm just no, gonna call. No, that's all right. If they'll talk to you, well, maybe they will. Welcome to Verizon Wireless. We're sorry, the number you have dialed has calling restrictions that have prevented the completion of your call. Announcement nineteen. Wonder what those calling restrictions are. <laughs> what were those calling restrictions? They don't take be? calls from conservatives. I've never heard that. But how are they? N- before. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. I've never heard. You know that why? Because that's that's the Mrs. Wilkinson. I'm sorry, but this phone number has calling restrictions that you cannot. But that's what she yeah. probably invented. Okay, it. but the restrictions are probably we'll because again, she's so. probably being called by every radio station in the United States right now. Yeah. Good morning, this book. We're sorry. The number you have dialed has calling restrictions that have prevented the completion of your call. Announcement 19. Location 241. It's announcement number 19. I wonder what announcement 18 is. Or announcement 20. Announcement 18 is the president has been launched to Jupiter. Well, see, again, now, for instance, I also uh, would not, I, I don't want this business to go out of business. Like I, I don't, I don't want this woman to. Uh, I don't want people to 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 uh, call her and harass her, or uh, I, I I don't want her to be harmed. I don't believe that her opinions uh, should render her jobless or should render her out of business or whatever else. So she's probably going to do great. This is probably going to. You know, be terrific. Well, but but again, I just want I just want you know I I said earlier and I'll say it again. I think we ought to have a contest, and that conservative businesses versus liberal businesses, and for just one day, conservative businesses can check and see what your viewpoints are and determine whether <laughs> or not to feed you, and liberals can check and see what your viewpoints are and and, and see which businesses. Uh, fare better or worse or whatever, because I guarantee you, 
most conservative businesses, let's put it this way, will not turn anybody away because they've worked too hard to to just simply say, I don't want your money. Yeah, except the and, baker. And any good – Except any, the baker. Well, uh, again – I'm I'm surprised that the baker didn't do it. I would, you know, but but sometimes for some people, money isn't everything. When it comes to their religious beliefs, when it comes to your political beliefs, I think sometimes you can get over it. But I'm just surprised that they had in their window there, though, that 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 uh, there's no greater love than turning an enemy into a friend. And it's like, how can you put that in your window? And basically, it's it's not really a it's not really a a Bible quote, but it's kind of like like what Jesus mm-hmm. often did. Yeah. But why would you put that in your window and then not live that? So it's stupid again what she did, and should be illegal. Really, as far as I'm concerned, you can't just throw people out of your restaurant, and and and, and especially for the reason that she did. I mean, I would think that uh, that she would have problems, but. Um, I don't think Sarah's going to sue her, but, uh, you know, th- I agree. Everybody should be served. I didn't Everybody. Get to, I didn't get to dessert here, but they have uh, possum egg peanut butter parfait. Yeah, I will. Sounds be. delicious. Yeah, sound. They take a possum egg and just mix it up with the peanut butter, and then they put, the, put a parfait inside <laughs> of it. Uh, I can't even picture what we're talking about right oh, now. Oh, it's from Mrs. Hayes Farm, people. It's farm uh, to table here. Mrs. Hayes. That's this all is, good. This sounds like I mean, has any, one hell of a farm menu yeah. of a restaurant. Anybody can I've eat anything. In my life. Yeah, listen, there are people who eat all kinds of crazy things. Okay. There are people who uh, eat pizza for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and, you know, mm-hmm. then gain 10,000 pounds. Yeah. I mean, you know, people well. just, you know, we ha- we allow that freedom, right? That's good. I'm yeah, a- it's interesting. Uh, but here's the thing: it's the it's the it, you this you took the only take that you possibly could take on this one. I'm not trying to win a battle. I'm just saying. No, but you had to. You had to decry this act on, on the part of this restaurant owner because because otherwise because you wouldn't it should be, be against the law. Mm. The no, law, it should not be against no, the no, law. No, because no, it would be against the law. To to force uh, to allow people like her, it sh- it is against the law for people like her to block people from coming into a restaurant for their political views. That that's protected. Here's my new commercial for the Red Hen: the Red Hen farm to table and up your ass if you're a Republican <laughs> or a conservative. Yeah, they'll be throwing you off for that next. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but but she's being, and again, the media, unfortunately, though, isn't taking the tack that you're taking because you're a little smarter because you 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 had that spaceship operation you have going. They they know how to make you work a little bit, but the media is falling for this hook, line, and sinker, and they're and they're acting like she's a hero. This woman who runs this restaurant. Well, I'm going to say this, and I don't know what I can't. You say the media. I don't know who that is. Uh, it's the they, everybody, the enemy no, media. It did. It didn't say it. In the New York Times, I know because I read that this morning. What they say? No, they they just reported the story. They weren't pushing. Oh, the New York Times just reported the story, <sighs> like they're supposed that's to. The, that's that should be in the like, Washington Post. The like New York the, Times just reported the story. They, they, <laughs> they, 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 the New York Times isn't pushing uh, an agenda. Now, Mika and Joe. Oh yeah, and 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 that's a liberal. They're going to have her that's on. That's a liberal show, and they said 
what I'm telling you. They agree that that she should be serving everybody. Yeah. Period. Period. Well, she she should be, but she shouldn't be forced to. <laughs> well, yeah. Sorry, she has to be forced to. Yes. I mean, you, but you would think that it would be a, a be it behoove her to do that but she i shouldn't i don't think she should be forced to well you would think george wallace would have let black kids into those schools but you know what uh yeah we had to force them. thank god for republicans we forced them thank goodness for republicans oh, who, come who, on, who stop it who oh you know abraham uh, lincoln and 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 uh teddy roosevelt were republicans thank goodness for dwight, but they're not D. the same thank goodness for dwight eisenhower yeah. called out the national guard to make sure the black girl got through got past a democrat racist governor he obeyed the law that's good i mean so he obeyed the law yeah that's good it, 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 of course he did well i said it's good that he obeyed the law yeah and, and thank goodness. Doesn't make him a, a good Republican. It just means he obeyed the law. Okay. Well, still, I mean, still what, people forget that. That George Wallace yeah, was a Democrat. But, but, but <laughs> oh, come on. Not, you know, the, look. <laughs> In 1968. Okay. The Democrats all left the, the, those Democrats left the Democratic Party and went to the Republican oh, Party. Oh, like Robert KKK Bird? They went to the Republican Party because. Of of all the the protection for black people and and Hubert Humphrey said back what nineteen sixty two three four sixty four he said that's that that's what was going to happen and it did that for a generation and more that 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 those Democrats evacuated the party I understand that you got you you know Robert Byrd was one of the people who stuck. But look, he stayed with him. Yeah, he stayed. Yeah, and, and yeah. in fact, but so much so that the Democrats heralded him. In fact, I think I do believe that there's a picture of Hillary Clinton kissing Robert KKK Bird, yeah. who man, was a, who was at one point a grand wizard in the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. The Hugo Black, who is <gasps> a, a former Supreme Court yes. justice who was liberal, yes, was a member of the Klan. And when asked about it, because he was from Tennessee, and he said, he said, look, if you were in my part of the country and you weren't a member of the Ku Klux Klan, you weren't going to get elected to office, period. And he joined. So the KKK could legitimately say they allow blacks into the KKK. They could say that. They could say all kinds of things. We allowed a black into the KKK, so good for them. And, And we allow the Ku Klux Klan to clean the highway in Missouri. Because a Jewish lawyer advocated yeah. for them and won. I think I think that's I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I, I would I would support. I mean, listen. Ideally, as conservatives, we ought to be very supportive of the ACLU. Uh, and unfortunately, the ACLU isn't very supportive of us. They pick and choose what they what they do and and the cases they defend. They protect like, for the instance, Klan. They protect Nazis. What are you talking about? Like, for instance, in the Stacey Newman case, who do you think is going to be her most ardent defense? Let's see. Who do you think the ACLU will be helping? Don't be in this so thing? sure. Don't be so sure. I, I, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not yeah. sure. That's why I'm asking. Well, I got. I have to tell you that the 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 left is going to. I think be extremely supportive of your position because I know other cases where they have been supportive of exactly this 
inability of the government to use their power against individuals, and right. especially First Amendment. Even, You're even, a media guy. Even your favorite dictator, Donald Trump, knows that. No, he doesn't know and anything. Yes, he does, because, because you, you can tell that they're purposely avoiding telling people not to go to the restaurant. Now, uh, now who knows? He's already done I enough. Mueller, Mueller's got a list of obstruction things. Believe me, he hasn't had enough sense to do anything right. If he but, if he did this, it was by accident because the man is not good could, and he's a liar. It could, okay. get, to, <laughs> it could get to the point where um, where where Trump does do that. I hope he doesn't because because you, you, you but you can tell they're being very careful about how they're couching this red hen thing because they're not like even with. When it came time for the for the Hamilton show to go on, and they did that to Pence, you notice that they were very careful not to say boycott uh, Hamilton, or and and they're very careful not to say boycott the redhead. Although talking about how it being dirty, filthy, but that's Listen, how people like he it. He wasn't careful enough when he was in the Oval Office to not tell the Russians. High five! We got Comey. We're safe. He wasn't. He wasn't smart enough to to stay away from that one, and that's one that's going to put him in the impeachment trial. But you know what? I don't really want him removed. I just think that impeachment trial is just going to be great. Mark Kasin, the only liberal still talking about Russia. And 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 by the way, a- Alec Baldwin also says the same thing. Oh, that he hates doing Trump. But he's not going to quit because he doesn't want to miss the impeachment. He drop. can go back to berating his ten-year-old then. <laughs> hey, look, there are people On who voicemail. do bad things. Yeah, I know. I remember. I remember too. Yeah, called her a, a pig. And and, and and let's not forget, which is something I've said pig. to you, which is something I've said to you so often. This has nothing to do with liberal or or, or conservative or Democrat or Republican. It has to do with the fact that men are no good. Men, men do the things that he did, and things that that other, for example, Mel, uh, what's his name, Gibson. Uh, Gibson. Yeah, he he was involved in all kinds of bad things. So it doesn't matter what side you're on. Men do bad things to women, their kids. They beat everybody. They're yeah, it's a real problem. It's not well, Republican and concert. It's not Republican or. No. Ladies and gentlemen, the next president of the United States, Alec Baldwin. But I bet he get, gives a damn about the children in the uh, camps down there all of a sudden, doesn't he? Well, I'm sure he does because he's not personally involved and he did stupid things. 
So now what I'm going to ask you is What's can, that? must be me. Sorry. Oh, Lord. You yeah. can't turn your cell phone I thought off I did. come in here. I thought I did. I have too many. Um, how about the Billy Bush tape? It's can your, you, it's your can, spaceship can, calling. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> can you run the He's Billy Bush tape? Can you, can you run the Billy Bush tape for why me, please? Why did you mention I, I just, Alec Baldwin, you idiot? Come, yeah, can you get me? <laughs> That's good. Can you get you had to bring up, You had to bring up Alec Baldwin, didn't you? Can you give me the Billy Bush tape? I, I, well, I, I guess there's a technical difficulty. We can't get the Billy Bush tape the on. The giant I'm sucking sorry. sound is the spaceship yeah. call. Oh. Damn can't it, he mentioned Billy. They're all, they're all banging on the control panel. Damn it, he mentioned <laughs> Billy Baldwin. Can you believe that? Yes. Yeah, Do, but you I know, mean, Alan yeah. Baldwin. But you, you know that the, that, that the Mark Burnett tapes are coming yet, right? What are those? Well, the ones that Mark Burnett is going to give to Tom Arnold. Oh, yeah. That, that, that has, that no, has, that has Donald Whoa. saying everything. Where are the, these, these tapes would be out by now, no, though, no. right? It, Burnett has held on to them. Uh, Tom Arnold. Boy, he's insufferable. But you know what? The good thing is his looks make up for it. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, we're look, they're bad people. And, you know, Unfortunately, he. I'm sure he's sorry he did that to his daughter. But yeah, but but, oh, but I am too. It's kind of hard to listen but, to that. But yeah. men, men do these things. You know, as we're sitting here right now, all over the United States, thousands of men are beating their wives right now. What's up That's with the. That? It's statistical. What? Yeah, yeah. They beat their wives. They all the time. Oh, I thought it was only during Super men. Bowl. Men. Yeah. It was only during the Super <laughs> no, Bowl game. Oh no, no, no. That's just. They, <laughs> That's just one time. No, they do it all the time. Men, men are no good. Men are no good. White people basically are no good. Look, Man. you know, hey, traitor. Yeah, <laughs> no, but 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 look, but you don't have to be one of the bad ones. You don't have to be. That's the key. You don't have to be. Right, you can no. be like Phil Donahue. Oh, wow! See? Wow! I got to tell you. He got Marlo Thomas, didn't he? So when you're so <laughs> not when bad, that girl. So when you yeah. do the when you do the your own show, are you going to prance around and run around with the microphone <laughs> like Phil Donahue yeah. did? Yeah, I it's, have to tell you, when I yeah. was a kid, though, I will tell you, um, I really thought Phil Donahue had uh, Donahue had a really a good show, <laughs> very good. I mean, Donahue was pretty damn good at what he did. I have to. I didn't find out until later that he was kind of a liberal, whatever. Yeah. But I will tell you that that he did have a really good talk show. The you best. know. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it was sure. it was not bad. Yeah. And you know what? To tell you the truth, too, when Oprah was in Chicago and she had her show, she did a pretty good show, talk show too. She was she had one of those Phil Donahue type shows, and she was pretty darn good at what she did too. Yeah, and Phil Donahue actually helped her to get to where she was, which was a good thing. Yeah. And, and no, she did. She was terrific. How's the, but how, certainly Donahue, that was an incredible show. Did you, here's one for you. And this was not that great. It was kind of cheesy, but did you ever watch Joe Pine? Uh, no. Cause Joe Pine. May have been too yeah, You may have been too he young. Was, although I also think he was regional. Well, it came out of Los Angeles. I don't know. I, I, you know. Joe Pine yeah. never really was on a talk show. I mean, we, uh, you know, uh, Regis Philbin was regional. You know, he was here. Was Sally Jesse was she? Sally Jesse mm-hmm. was more. Well, she was Chicago, right, or something? I don't know. If that's no, she she, she did get she she was here. Yeah, and then she 
you know, expand it out of here. Mm -hmm. In fact, I mean, she was very successful. I didn't particularly love her show, but um, there are some great stories. She did not have a bad show, though. Sally Just Raphael and Oprah... Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until later that, like, the Jerry Springers and the, and the yeah, Maureen Poviches yeah. kind of bastardized that whole genre by just having, a, like, having oversized babies running around the stage. Yeah. And actually, I don't know. Do you ever, have you ever seen <laughs> diapers? Phil, you ever, <laughs> <In> diapers. <laughs> yeah. It's not funny, Mark. No, I don't know. But, you know, Phil McGraw, Dr. Phil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got a good show. Yeah, he too. did, too. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't do... What those other crazies do, and he tries to help people. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think you're right. All right, yeah. so how are we progressing on the Markation show for the Radio Free Almond Productions? Well, we're getting very close. I mean, we're ready to go. I mean, we. It's just a matter of everything being in place. You know, with Radio Free Almond, that's yeah. Then everything is in place. Well, not exactly. Almost. Yeah, almost. Yeah. F- phones and. Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Minor stuff. We're gonna, but, well, you know, that's the thing we're going to talk about, too, because I wanted to give people an update on what's happening here. Eventually, you know, as we uh, redo Radio Free Almond 2.0, as we get to that point, we will have the phone lines sure. in and we'll do all that kind of stuff. But we're kind of growing kind of incrementally right now. And, and so, uh, but as long as we get, we were waiting for the Cation show to be, Naputi Wellness is on the way. Uh, and Wellness Matters, we're going to have him, and then we're going to have, uh, we're working with Henry on his program. A lot of people have been asking me about, like, Kevin Jackson and these people. They all have shows on 97.1. I can't have people from 97.1 on the show. And, that, and also, you'd have to assume they actually had contact with these people, which I don't. So, right. Um, I haven't talked to them since yeah, everything happened. Yeah, some complicated things going on but, but, there, but So I'm not bitter about it. But, and also, I can't have the Fox people on. Really? So, uh, so what I'm what I'm working on now is we're going to have uh, we're going to have a variety of people as commentators who are going to be it's going to be a little more contentious uh, with some of them. I'll have get some CNN people on uh, the show and those kinds of individuals. But 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 the Fox people can like Todd Starnes. We no. worked really hard to try to get him as a contributor, even run his show on the network, and can't do it because if you're not a Fox affiliate. You don't have access. Like Jim Carafano is not a Fox News person, which he and Genevieve Wood is going to be on with us, and Jim Talent. These folks, they could all be on, but I can't have Kennedy on with me. Some people really want to hear her again. Judge Knapp. Um, Judge Knapp, which is always great. Segment, Uh, but he can't. He can't really be on. I'm, I'm sure Judge Knapp. They would. They could make it work, but he still, as long as he's been there, he still can't call his own shots. So your your issues in the legal arena are going to get resolved, and I believe they're going to get resolved sooner rather than later. Not Stacy Newman, but the rest of the things are 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 probably fixable. Yeah, when 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 people come around to their senses, and they will, and the lawyers will force them there. Stacy is another story; she's different, and that doesn't get into any of this other problem. Stacey Newman's got problems way beyond yeah. any of these other and things. It won't, it won't take and, – and the, the case against the Post-Dispatch and the RFT and the Washington Post and the New York Times, those won't take long either. Oh. You, you don't really have too much of a it's, – it's, there's not too much of a, uh, of a hashing out to do about their libelous activities. It's, gonna, it's pretty clear. Well, In you fact, just, you just um, 
just wanted to make draw some more attention to yourself. I see recently. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, wait a you, second. If you did, read that case in or not, the RFT. Yeah, they did the FCC did story. Yeah. Well, I think, and, and I it's did. funny I mean, how they. I mean, we're yeah. talking like last, like really recently, like a couple of days. Yeah. Ago. Okay. yeah, yeah, and and I think the person who wrote it, Sarah Fensky, that's the editor. was the, was the same person who, in a tweet, mm-hmm. said I threatened to sodomize David Hogg. Well, it's that's the problem. It's her. In, the, in the latest mm-hmm. story, mm-hmm. she didn't say that, right? Yeah, but they said that mm-hmm. on uh, MSNBC, right. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm talking about. Well, well, we'll do. We'll do mostly the newspapers anyway. Yeah. But, but it's I'm just saying people say things game. they don't know. And it's and here's what here's what's funniest thing is the RFT decided to tweet me right. So they they said Jamie Alma is seeking attention again and tweeted me, and I tweeted him back saying, um, I didn't. You're the one that had this leaked to you. I never even you would never even know I was doing this mm-hmm. had you not had the other side leaking some document to you. And, and, and on top of that, you just tweeted me. So, <laughs> and, so and, how, and, is, and, how am I seeking, seeking attention? attention right? and, and, by, and by the way, let, let's, let's say this, because I, I tell everybody this. Here's, when, you, when you did the hot poker, okay, here's, here's what the hot poker was. You got on the air and you said, because the, none of that stuff was on the air, what you said on the air was, is that if you're 18 years old and you get involved in politics, leave your blankie at home. Right. Yes. Now that's what you said. Right. Now if that's sodomy, I, I mean, I, actually, I don't know. It might you know be. And actually, it was it was even a facetious reference. If people, I still keep having to repeat this. It was a facetious reference to something I was doing the next day, right. which actually was kind of a, a de facto defense of David Hogg in this documentary did. So I was being facetious about what I was going to do uh, the next day because it, it was about a documentary where he was F-bombing, and I basically came to the conclusion that he was baited into F-bombing in this. In, it's all on tape. It's right. all Absolutely. there in black and white. But so anyway. all this talk about that you were going to sodomize, I mean, please. But people say that because they heard it, and it came originally – from Stacy, yeah, Stacy's got trouble. Well, and the RFT, you know, when they were, I, I just told him, I basically said, well, "You guys, why, why you're trying to keep poking me is beyond me. If I were you, mm. I would quit while you still own your building." <laughs> that's just that's basically yeah. the bottom line. Yeah, Mark, you made people agree with you on Facebook again, man. You got to know. See, off, I wonder how many Emmys they have over at the RFT. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're the best, buddy. Thank you for uh, not only your friendship, but also your uh, your courage to speak your mind on all levels. But we like you. Jupiter. He's going to Jupiter. Or jail, one or the other. That's Mark's code for come and pick me up, spaceship. <laughs> Billy all right, buddy. Billy Baldwin. <laughs> Great. Great to see you, Mark Hayson. Phil Valencia, thank you, brother. Hey, we had a great time here at the Discovery Design Studios. Hope you did, too. And don't forget, jointhebash.com for Wednesday's event. On Thursday, I will be Facebooking, but we will not have a stream, at least to my knowledge. I think we were working on something there, but we may not have a stream, but we'll have Facebook because I'll be in... Facebook from the hotel pool, maybe. Something like that, right? That early in the morning? Of course, yes. All right, people. Thanks a ton. 